Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, another win for the Flames. Make it three consecutive as they start off this road trip with two wins, one in Minnesota, and tonight 6-3 over the Nashville Predators. And we get our Flames Talk postgame show underway on this Thursday night by going immediately to Nashville and Bridgestone Arena and check in with Flames defenseman Noah Hannafin. Uh, Noah, seemed like a, a pretty start-to-finish solid effort from your group tonight. What'd you, what did you think of uh, this victory this evening? Yeah, it was a, it's a huge win for the team. You know, we knew that going in. It was a uh, pretty much a four-point game for us, uh, just with the way the standings are. So, I thought we got off to a really good start, and, and uh, you know, we uh, thought we handled our emotions really well throughout the game. You know, there was a little bit of riffraff at times, and we stayed disciplined and stayed out of the uh, out of the box and. Um, they got a good power play over there, so that was uh, that was huge for us. Uh, I, I know, especially in that first period, Preds got to back within one a couple of times, could have swung momentum, but your group didn't allow it to swing momentum like that. How impressed were you with the the way the group stuck with it when maybe it could have gone the other way? Yeah, it's just uh, it's the reality of the league. You know, there's going to be uh, there's going to be times where you know they're they're going to score goals and it's going to be a tight game, and we were prepared for that going in and. You know, for us, it's just all about it's all about us and sticking with our game plan and, and uh, making sure, you know, no matter what happens, whether we score, or they score, we stay even keeled and, and to stay on it. And you know, that's tonight we did a good job of that. Uh, that that scary incident in the third period with Dennis, uh, so good to see him, uh, you know, be uh, be able to come off the ice like that. Uh, just what goes through uh, a team's head when they see something as scary as that, Noah? Yeah, it's 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 awful. You know, you never want to see that happen, especially to your teammate and, and a guy like Dennis. You know, he's a uh, he's been so good for us lately, and he's such a competitive guy and great teammate. And and anytime you see uh, see a team like that go down, it's it's scary and not good. And um, you know, we're just happy to see him able to get up on his two feet and, and skate off. And and uh, you know, hopefully he uh, recovers soon. Noah, one of the team's big goals for the last little while is to get back over the 500 mark. You've gotten to 500 a few times, but haven't able to get uh, that next win. Just uh, from a mental standpoint, uh, what can this win do, knowing that you are above 500? It's huge. You know, we uh, you know obviously at 500 was that was a mark for us just because of the way the season kind of started, but. You know, I think any time for us, you know, it's all about our segments and kind of looking at the season and, and three to seven game spans and, and just winning those little segments. And I think uh, for us, it's, uh, it's a step in the right direction. And, and uh, obviously, we have two huge games here coming up on the remainder of the trip. And, uh, you know, hopefully strain another couple wins together and have a, a real solid road trip. So that's all we uh, we can control right now. Final thought for you. It's another four and six. It's another three and four with weird travel. Uh, just what's important to make sure you're good to go for that early game Saturday in Philly, Noah? Yeah, I think uh, just tomorrow, just, you know, take uh, take some time, just, you know, recover a little bit. Uh, and we got two afternoon games coming up on a back-to-back, which is, uh, you know, it's a little funky. It's uh, something, you know, I've never really had before, but it's uh it's all good so we're just gonna get ready for tomorrow um and uh come out with a, a strong performance against philly that was a heck of a goal too didn't even ask about that but congrats on the goal <laughs> as well noah uh hey thanks awesome. for doing this hey congrats on the win good luck on saturday hey 
All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is Noah Hannafin postgame in Nashville. He scores a big one, and honestly, that Noah Hannafin goal was an absolute dagger late in the second period to go from 4-2 and maybe still within reach to 5-2, and uh, basically the third period felt kind of like it was uh, already predetermined. Final score, 6-3. Flames beat the Predators for a third consecutive win as we are underway on your Flames Talk postgame show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills with us as well. Uh, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line is open at 960-960. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, hey, solid outing for uh, the Flames, Mick. They uh, they played their game start to finish. They get rewarded in the first period, and uh, they, they, they never really seemed to get away from the way they needed to play. And lots went in in the first period less win in the rest of the way but they uh, did what they needed to do tonight and solid 60 minutes against a, a Predators team that's been playing some really good hockey. That was a, a very solid 60 minutes and it's kind of like Noah Hannafin said in that you know that the other team they're going to score goals or make good plays but for me the difference tonight was their ability to regain control of the game and not let the other team have momentum and, and take control and really kind of get on a roll in terms of creating chances, creating opportunities. So just the way that they were able to grab hold of the game on a number of different occasions and very important times in the game as well. That that was the real difference for me tonight. And also just in terms of their offense and the way that they were making plays, really liked their creativity, a little bit of flair, something that we haven't always seen from this group, but saw a lot of that tonight and uh, turned into more of a tight checking game as, as things yeah. sort of move forward. But just overall from start to finish, a, a really solid effort from the group. You know, it's Pat, it's interesting because at the end of the second period, I asked Megan if she thought the Flames learned a lesson after what happened when they were up 2 nothing after the first period and 2-1 following the second period in their game against the Wild on Tuesday when they were completely underwater for the first 10 or 12 minutes of the third period. The Wild were out shooting them 16-1 to at one point. Uh, in some way, somehow, Jacob Markstrom kept the puck out of the net. The Flames scored an insurance goal and won that game 3-1. But uh, when you guys talk about it being a really solid game from start to finish or for a full 60 minutes, that's exactly what we saw. So yep. I do wonder if they learned a lesson on Tuesday night. They were the better of the two teams from start to finish tonight. And when you think about Tuesday's game, the Wild were without a number of their top players. They are more beat up than any team in the National Hockey League right now. The Predators tonight, though... And they've got a lot of really good players, a lot of high-end players. And the only guy they're missing is Tyson Berry. So they had almost a full complement of players to try to, to push in the third period of this hockey game. And other than that weird goal that Michael McCarron scored on Dan Vladar, nothing. The Flames completely blanketed them in the third period and, and controlled this hockey game almost from start to finish. So uh, a really impressive road game for the Flames tonight. Uh, our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were focusing in on the rubber match of this three-game set. The Flames will win the season series with two wins uh, against the Predators. One win and they're also back above the 500 mark for the first time since mid-October. And uh, Derek, I, I, I think that that is, you know, I, I, I don't think we, we celebrate being 
being a game above 500. But I think the important part is that's been a goal for the Flames for, I don't know, I want to say like a, a month, month and a half, and finally they've accomplished it. So, no, being above 500 is, is kind of like the bare minimum of where you want to be. But the fact that they've been working towards it and now finally have accomplished it, that's a, that's a nice thing that they can maybe now put behind them and see if they can build on it from there. Well, Pat, I think it's all about perspective. So would a billionaire celebrate winning $100? Probably not. No, I would, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, the Flames have been trying to get back to 500 uh, for a good chunk of the season. This was the third time they were at 500 since starting 2-1-1. One, and one. And the first two times they got back to 500, they couldn't get over 500. So they finally uh, accomplished that goal third time around. And as we talked about on Thursday's edition of the Daily Calgary Flames Roundtable on Flames Talk, I said, listen, I feel like tonight's the night they have to do it. You're playing against one of the teams you're trying to catch for a wild card spot in the Western Conference. And you're not going to make the playoffs unless you're an above 500 hockey team. And I know that this was game 38 of 82, but for me, you've got to get above 500. And Megan, now you've got to stay above 500. Mm -hmm. Even if you split the last two games on this road trip, you're still coming home at least one game above 500. And for me, the Flames cannot fall behind below 500 anymore if they're going to really make a push for a playoff spot this season. Yeah, they definitely need to continue building. And, you know, I think of the most successful teams that I've been a part of and the ones that have really been able to to build momentum and just to keep building on success is they celebrate the small wins along mm-hmm. the way. And so I think that this is one of those, I wouldn't even call it a small win, I would say it's a big win, that they take the time to, and I know they would rather be in a different situation, but this is where they're at, take the time to recognize the work that they've done and put in to get themselves back above 500 and in a place where they're playing really good hockey and they've made a lot of progress and a lot of strides and they continue to build. So, you know, if I'm in that locker room, it's make sure you take some time to recognize that, you know what, have a beer, whatever, do whatever you need to do to take a couple minutes as a group and recognize that you have made progress, you have had success, because that is important, having that recognition uh, in order to keep building. Let's select tonight's hardest working flame following a 6-3 win over the Nashville Predators at Bridgestone Arena. Hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Mick, which way are we going for tonight's hardest working flame? Well, this selection has less to do with points and statistics and more to do with just the consistency of excellent play and solid work ethic. And I'm going to go with Noah Hannafin, who did have a goal and a very important goal at the end of the second period. But, I mean, he plays big minutes night in and night out. Uh, He had six shots on net and just thought from start to finish he was solid once again. And maybe I'm biased as a 
defenseman and <laughs> just having such a hmm. massive appreciation for the way that he plays the game, but thought that tonight, especially the way that he, you know, jumped up in the play, he's activating off the blue line, but it's also the way that he plays defensively, big minutes, makes a really good first pass all the time out of the zone. His gap is always outstanding, which again, I have a huge appreciation for his gap control. <laughs> Nerdy, I know, but um, yeah, really like Noah Hannafin's game. Noah Hannafin is your hardest working flame tonight brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. And then the uh, the only other thing that uh, I think is important to get to, Wilsey, before we uh, get some final thoughts is uh, Dennis Gilbert and uh, that whole situation. So Phil Tomasino, who had already been kind of in the crosshairs already for, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he meant to stick his knee out on uh, Adam Rizicka. He just realized he had been beat and tried to hold his ground. Dangerous play, though, and luckily Adam was okay. The the one on uh, the one on Dennis Gilbert, though, late in the third period, he the check itself was fine. Mm -hmm. He threw a shoulder to shoulder check in the corner, but it was the positioning of his leg behind him. He kind of low bridged him on the uh, the way down, which is why you go and you read the definition of clipping. That's that's why they called it. He kind of got him less of the like the traditional slew foot and more of like a full on low bridge. If you watch it again, and it kind of that's why Gilbert takes the tumble the way he does in a super dangerous play so I think there was a little game management in there to go five and kick him out to make 100%. sure that and then the other thing is I I, I, I think that at the very least um, it would be I have no idea with the Department of Player Safety but I think it would at the very least be in the pocket to maybe get some supplemental discipline it was a dangerous play whether he meant to or not uh, it was just uh, you need to be a whole lot more responsible when you're throwing a check like that yeah I mean I'd like to take a little look at it. Uh, it happens so quickly when we're calling a game this way, but uh, what we saw in the replay that we did get a look at is basically the hit looked fine, to your point, Pat, but then as Gilbert was kind of falling backwards, Tomasino prevented him from being able to kind of cushion the blow. He just kind of picked up that one leg, and Gilbert unfortunately went in hard on the side of his head, and his head hit the ice really hard. It definitely looked like he was out, uh, and the Flames have a great uh, athletic therapist in Ken Kabelka, and you know Mike Goodbinson, his assistant, uh, both out there taking great care of Dennis Gilbert, but uh, I'm sure he'll be checked for a concussion, a head injury, and uh, I just hope he's okay. He's such a good guy. He's been, uh, I would say, a revelation in some ways for the Flames this season. I looked at him as uh, kind of a six, seven, eight guy at the start of the year, and he's become a regular for this team and an important player for this team. So hoping that Dennis Gilbert is okay. Uh, you hate to lose a guy in a big win like this. Uh, he's definitely a, a very important player for this team and you know it's been interesting over the course of this NHL season in particular the amount of plays that have been and penalties calls where players have been injured off of hits that have been reviewed oftentimes the player it's not an intention uh, to hurt somebody the yeah. way that it happens in the collisions so it's not an intention thing it's just the fact that you know being more I don't know if it's being more aware of the opposing players body position 
going into making a check, whatever it is, but we're seeing a lot more of them. So that's definitely something I think that the league needs to look at. And, you know, maybe even teams and players just looking at why is this happening more often? Well, and I have a little bit shorter fuse for a guy who made a very questionable play earlier in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is good, good reason to just make sure nothing gets out of hand. Cause if he gets back out on the ice again, it might've gone a little. Well, the officials handled it perfectly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, six, three, your final score flames have won three in a row and uh, we'll continue this road trip on Saturday morning. If you're in Calgary with an 11 a.m. Start against the Philadelphia Flyers. This is your flames talk post game show where the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. And the text lines open at 960-960. Your phone calls and texts coming up. Hoping to hear from head coach Ryan Huska here very shortly as well. But first, some final thoughts and uh, a summation from our broadcast duo, starting with Megan Mickelson. Yeah, on the pregame show, I talked about the importance of the team having a consistent full 60 minutes. And so that's one of the the big takeaways for me is the way that they were able to play a full solid 60 and also just defend they defended really well in terms of clearing rebounds and traffic net front so thought that it was a a nice job by the group to stay even keel uh to play solid defensively contribute offensively also had offensive contributions from how many players one two three four five six nine i believe nine nine players so i mean this is a group they're gonna win offense everything I guess by committee so uh, contributions from top to bottom and so a really great game for them to continue to build off of they talked about a lot about that building off of games so uh, just I guess take this one enjoy it keep on rolling and uh, I didn't get to plant a seed with you I did this last game I'm going to do it again so I'll plant one with Pat for uh, Flame with Heart I know I'm going to have to really twist his arm when it comes to this guy, but the captain with the team high seven shots, nine attempts, four takeaways, one block shot, no bad stats for Michael Backlund in this game. I thought he was on it again tonight. And this is a big win for the Flames. So as I mentioned earlier, the third time they had battled back to 500 in the win-loss column since starting the season 2-1-1. and the first time, they were 10-10-3. and three. They had won two in a row. They had picked up uh, at least a point in seven of nine. And then they lost. Uh, 4-3 loss to the Canucks on December 2nd. And that really seemed to take the wind out of their sails. It looked like they were building some momentum and you know, finally starting to gain some traction. And then you, you take a step back. And then the next time they did it was uh, when they got to 14-14-5 and five with that 3 nothing shutout victory over the Ducks. And then they followed that up with uh, losses to the Kings and the Kraken. So they battled back. They beat the Flyers in their final game of 2023 at home. And now they beat the Wild and the Predators in their first two games of 2024 on the road. And for the first time since October 19th, the Flames are above 500 in the win-loss column. And unlike the last two times, they continued to build momentum they continued to to gain traction and now they're only one point out of a playoff spot so this is a flames team that's been trending in the right direction for quite some time you could argue really since the start of november but uh they've finally taken that uh, next big step forward and uh, they've got a three-game winning streak and they're going to head into a couple of matinee matchups in a much better 
spot in the Western Conference playoff race than they were even last week. This team was seven points out of a playoff spot, and, and now suddenly they're one. So really good game against a, a good Predators team tonight, and we'll see if the Flames can win a couple of uh, early starts at 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Mountain Time as they wrap up this four-game road trip this weekend. Okay, friends, uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, oh, that. and... Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to oh, you. Thanks, guys. 29 Thank you, years guys. old. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off on this Thursday night where the Flames victorious 6-3 in Nashville. Let's hear head coach Ryan Huska as he just wrapped up at Bridgestone Arena following his team's third straight win. Just an update on Dennis. Um, I, I haven't talked to Kent yet. Um, I I see him moving around now, so I think he's going to be fine. He'll just probably have to go through protocol, is what I would assume right now. Uh, big first period by your yeah. team. What did you think about the rest of the game? Um, I I liked the second period as well, and even the start of the third. I thought we got on our heels a little bit after they scored their goal to start the third period, but um, you know weathered the storm. I guess and that's an important important thing for us. Why did you go with uh, Vladar tonight? What did you think of this game overall? Um, I, 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 he hadn't played for quite a while, actually, when you go back prior to Christmas. So um, when you look at this road trip, it sets up nicely for our goaltenders by having them start this game. And um, Jason does a really good job of, of breaking down who plays well or records against each team. And this is one where we felt this would be a, a good time to get him back in there. I thought he did a good job. He fought the puck a little bit at times tonight, but um, a, a lot of that comes from rust, I would imagine, from not having a start for a little while. Uh, Connor Zeri had two points tonight. Mm -hmm. he, we just talked to him. He said he didn't like his game the last couple of games, but that he would yeah. chat with you. Yeah. What did you guys talk about, and where do you think his game is at right now? Uh, it was just little reminders as to what makes him uh, a good hockey player and something that we need to see consistently. And um, a little bit of our conversation was about how the league is going to get harder, all the games that he's going to be playing. So he's going to notice the jump in the, the play from a lot of the older players. They'll start to really um, raise their level now so he's going to have to find a way to raise his and I thought early in this game that line again was an effective line for us. Yeah. That's the that's the plan for sure. We've we've been in the um, this situation a few times where we got to it, then we would lose that next game, and we find ourselves having to dig out again. So we want to we want to try to gain a little bit of traction with with string points together. So it it becomes important that next game now becomes the most important game of the year for us. It's nice when you score six goals to have six different yeah. goal scores as well. Nobody with more than two points that kind of speaks to how balanced the team can play. Yeah, and more more important for us is to, to get those goals. They didn't cheat or. Um, play the game the wrong way. I thought they did some good things, including blocking shots in our own zone that led to a few of the opportunities that we did get. So um, we, were, we were happy with our effort tonight. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska post-game on the road in Nashville. Flames win 6-3 over the uh, Nashville Predators on this uh, Thursday night. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Give us a call. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Fire us a text at 960-960. We'll get to your phone calls and texts around the corner. Our Flames Talk post-game show available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
Okay, Flames take a 6-3 win on the road in Nashville tonight as our Flames Talk postgame show is well underway. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Text line open at 969-60. We'd love to hear from you on this Thursday night as the Flames have uh, made it three straight wins for the first time since October 19th in just their fourth game of the season. They're above the 500 mark. Again, it's, uh, it's a nice signpost for them because it's something they've been working towards. It's a nice signpost because you have to be above 500 if you want to be a relevant team in the 2024 NHL. And it's kind of just the bare minimum of where they need to be if they want to be a playoff team when it's all said and done. So it's better than being below 500, which they've been for most of this season. So uh, hey, they've been a much better team since that 2-7-1 and one start and they're still smack dab in the middle of a very heated playoff race in the Western Conference. So that's where things sit. Uh, this is a very, very pretty like nah, from a from the way the Flames played standpoint, very little to dislike. I mean, you know, there is the weird one that went in on Vladar in the third period, but whatever, it meant nothing. I didn't feel a little little bit bad for him. It was a weird bounce. So was it a great goal? No, um, but it, it is what it is. It meant nothing. Um, and. Yeah, like, what didn't you like about the Flames tonight? They had a good start. They had the Preds on their heels. They had way more quality opportunities than the opposition did. They quieted a very good building. I thought Vladar, for the most part, had himself a pretty solid night. They got Markstrom a rest and were able to pick up a win. That's the most important part of the start for Vladar for me, or one of the maybe the parts of the start that isn't getting enough conversation is that it also got Markstrom a rest. Uh, they had scoring from up and down the lineup. Yeah, I just, they played with a little bit of swagger as the game went along. Lots to like from a flame standpoint. That was a pretty complete effort and one of their most complete efforts of the season. And now they're into Philadelphia for a AM game in Calgary and a matinee game in Philly on Saturday Let's uh, go back inside the Flames locker room. Another two points for Blake Coleman, who is now up to 29 points in 38 games. He leads the team in points and in goals as he's up to 15 goals on the season. Here's Blake Coleman post-game inside the Flames locker room. It's been outscored pretty badly in the first period uh, this season. Getting the, that big jump tonight really, really kind of pushed you toward victory. Yeah, last couple games. Um, you know, we've had some good starts and Kind of knew it was a matter of time. At some point, um, you know, we'd start scoring first, and you know, we've been able to get out ahead on the road trip here, and um, been able to hold on a lead. So, um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a lot easier to win on the road if you can get up get up early. Do you think you manage the momentum of swing in this one? Pretty well, I think. Uh, you know, I thought we were the better team for the most part. I think, you know, early in the third, they get that kind of fluky bounce and took the air out a little bit. But um, aside from that, I feel like we were pretty well in control. We got the saves when we needed them. Um, you know, a couple, you know, nice goals early on to to give us that momentum. But I thought, uh, I thought the energy and the jump was pretty, pretty evident, pretty much from puck drop. Six different goal scores and nobody with more than two points is a lot of our team in a victory. As Flames hockey, I think uh, it's just that's our recipe, you know. And and when we got everybody going, we're a really tough team to beat. And you could see it tonight. Um, every line, every D pair was contributing and. Um, you know, we had goalie depth. We we showed kind of what we are tonight, and um, it's difficult to to show that every every game. But you know, we got to dig down and find ways to do that if we're gonna uh, string some more together and, and get in that playoff race. 
Thirdling puts you guys over 500 now, too, which have been a goal for quite some time. It's a nice time to get there. And now, yeah, it's good to get over the hump. Uh, I got to stay there. You know, we got two two good road tests to finish it off, a couple day games here. And, um, you know, I think you win those two games and go back home feeling really good. That's cool as all in my three games in a row, I think. Feel like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes you get the bounces. Um, you know, I didn't like my game at all, actually, in, in Minnesota, but, uh, you know, made a conscious effort to be a lot better tonight, and I felt I felt much better and thought I provided a lot more uh, away from the scoring in my game. So um, happy with with that, and, um, you know, this is how I got to play uh, to be effective for our team, and, um, you know, the goal is coming. is just uh, it's nice to contribute that way, but uh, I try not to focus on it too much. There you go. Blake Coleman, another two points as part of a 6-3 win over the Nashville Predators tonight. Uh, and uh, he continues to roll. Uh, 20, what did I just tell you? 29 points in 38 games is Blake Coleman now. Uh, and he leads the team with 15 goals on the season. Leads the team with those 29 points. Been a really cool story. And uh, I know he's not going to the All-Star game, but he would have been a really deserving, uh, deserving trip if that would have been the way the NHL decided to go. Let's Let's get to tonight's save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Dan Vladar gets the start in net. Talked about him a little bit earlier, and uh, his save of the game comes in period. Let me go pull up the text because I didn't write it down. Period number three. He'll float it into the near corner. It's picked up by Parson, who plays at right point, and now Shen with a shot. It's loose in the blue paint. They jam away. Still no whistle, and now the Flames finally get one. And Vladar keeps the puck out of his net. I was close. And that ends up being one of the 30 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and that is his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. We'll probably see Vladar again on this road trip, either on Saturday or more likely, you'd think, Sunday in Chicago. Uh, go back to Markstrom against the Flyers, and then uh, Vladar against the Blackhawks. Seems like a pretty uh, logical way of doing things on the back-to-back. -back. We'll see if the Flames agree on that front, but yeah, I thought gave him a chance to win and was the better goaltender of the three who played. Thought he was better than Saros in the first 40. Thought he was better than Lankin in, in the third. Uh, even though he let in the bad one, that one was more of a bad balance. How about Lankin and just getting stripped behind the net by Lindholm? So, yeah, I am solid night. That's 6-4-2 uh, and two for Vladar on the season with the victory tonight. Let's get to the text line for the first time at 960-960, and let's dive in. Um, this says from Leandro, um, I totally know that they have to uh, and inevitably will let go of some of the, their UFAs. In your opinion, who would you like to see stay and go? Personally, I would want... Tanev and Hannafin to stay. Tanev mostly because of his heart and tenacity. I think that's something the younger guys can build and learn from. Lindholm, love the guy, but I think they can definitely get the highest return for him. If his ask was lower than speculated, I would maybe consider keeping him. Well, I, uh, as of January 4th, it's not, it's not so much like I would ideally like all three, keep all three. And I say ideally because I'd be pushing hard to keep all three if we were talking about a Flames team that was, um, you know, fighting for 
a good spot. And and what I mean by that, if we're talking about a team that looked like, hey, they they could be uh, they could be a playoff factor. Right now, they're a bubble playoff team, and a bubble playoff team, an older bubble playoff team. I'm kind of like, I I don't know if it makes a ton of sense to keep any of the three. Um, and, and you can make arguments for any one of them, but again, for me, and this is just my opinion, um, as it stands right now, unless they show me signs that they're going to be a contender, not a contender to maybe make one of the eight playoff spots, but a contender that you can be like, hey, yeah, they look like a team that's going to win rounds in the playoffs, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the win tonight where they looked really good, but I'm just trying to, to be realistic with the whole thing. I think that it makes more sense to move on from your UFAs and get big hauls for them and, and take advantage of the opportunity that you've got in doing that. So that's where I stand, um, and that's because of where the Flames stand in the Western Conference and in this playoff mix. And, and honestly, it would have to take a, a pretty large swing to change my mind at this point, and that's, that's fine, and it would be pretty cool if they did go on that large swing because that would be a story in and of itself. Uh, this reads from Mike. Nice win by the Flames. Lots of guys came to play. Off topic, I'm not a fan of the NHL's all-star choice. Would have liked to see Coleman or Markstrom selected as the Flames representative instead. They're much more deserving this year, all things considered. You know, and, and, and Mike's talking about Elias Lindholm being Calgary's all-star representative. So the league picks this. The team has no, st- no say, like zero say, uh, in terms of who goes to the all-star game. Uh, unless unless there is a you know somebody who says I can't go um before they make the choices, like was the case of Artemi Panarin of the Rangers, uh, the, the league makes these decisions. So the league made the choice. Flames did not have a say as to who is going to be selected for the 2024 All-Star game. That's important to point out. But the other thing is, like, I, I don't want to, like, congratulations to Elias. Like, same time, like, it's first time he's going to an All-Star game, first time he's an NHL All-Star, that's a very cool honor. So I don't, I don't want to take away from it, you know? So... Do I think Coleman would have been deserving? Absolutely. If if I had a choice, uh, Coleman would have been my choice just because it would have been a great story. I think Uyghur would have been a great choice. I think Markstrom, to your point, Mike, would have been a great choice. Kadri would have been a great choice. Um, now, you still have a chance to vote any one of those guys in as there are 12 spots still to be determined. Fan vote at NHL.com um, and a fan vote online. So there's still... Lots of time to have your voice heard if you want player X or player Y to make it to the NHL All-Star Game in February. You still have that opportunity. Uh, This reads from Sam. Great win tonight for the boys. First thing, above all else, great to see Shillington on the ice and wish him nothing but the best. Hope Gilbert's okay. Do you see a suspension to follow the slew foot? I feel the Flames need to get Dubé going a bit more. Would a line swap with Pospisil for a few games be worth a look? Your thoughts? Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on that, and and that's not to say I don't think it, it could be something they look at. But you know, I, I didn't mind uh, that line with Kadri, Zeri, and Pospisil overall tonight. Uh, I thought that Pospisil was the most inconspicuous of the three. But then, how about all those shot blocks he had on that shift in the third period? That uh, that that probably needs to uh, that probably needs to be pointed out too. Um, so I don't know. I I I still 
think keeping Kadri, Zeri, and Pospisil together is the way to go. It's only been two or three games where Pospisil's kind of been meh-ish, so I wouldn't be breaking them apart right now, especially because you know the backland line's rolling, and that line with Lindholm, Huberdo, and Sharon Govich has been decent. Didn't think they were as impactful tonight, but still, for the three games they've been back together, they've made a pretty solid impact. So I wouldn't myself, but if they were uh, to do that, I'd understand why. Um, as for a suspension, I don't know. I don't know how the Department of Player Safety ever goes about their business, or I, I never make a habit and guess I will say that I think it's worthy of being looked at. You know, you take a look at the the one angle. Like, if you go on Sportsnet's Twitter account, initially, you see the one angle that was the straight-on angle, and it looked fine, but it's that angle from behind where you really look at it. I don't even know if I would call it a slew foot. He didn't really swing his leg like a, a typical slew foot. It was more of a dangerous kind of low bridge underneath Gilbert. That's what I didn't like. I thought it was actually super dangerous at any part, uh, any point of the ice surface, let alone in that limbo kind of no man's land two or three feet from the boards and he low bridged him that could have been a dangerous collision with Gilbert midair with the boards as it was said and done all said and done it was a dangerous collision with Gilbert and the ice um so yeah I didn't I didn't like it you know at first I was kind of like man what's the call like and then you see, I and I only saw the back angle once, and when I went and looked at it a few more times after I went and read the rule for clipping, you're like, "Damn, no, that 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 is a dangerous play." Leg behind Gilbert as he delivers the shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder check. Yeah, I, I I didn't love it. I uh, did not love that uh, that play from Tomasino. So I have no idea what the Department of Player Safety is going to do, but. The actual play itself, I, I, I thought was pretty dangerous, and and uh, I, I also thought it was the right call to give him five in a game, just for game management reasons. Tomasino had also put a dangerous kind of knee on knee hit on Ruzicka already, so he does that and then does that with Gilbert. Just get him out of the game for everybody's sake so nobody does anything with emotions going overboard. A Flames player doesn't take a run at Tomasino or somebody else, uh, and then vice versa. Retaliation from the Preds. Uh, I thought it was a good move to boot Tomasino from the game as well. Uh, this, uh, Ben from Cougar Ridge, who is currently in Fort Mac for work, says, just want to ask, when do you think the earliest we could see Shillington come back into the lineup? He was so good in 21-22, they could use him once slash if they trade Hannafin and Tanev. Big fan of the show. You know, Ben, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dodge this because I'm, I, I don't want to answer it. I, I'm going to dodge it because I don't think it's fair to put a timeline on this yet. I think it is great that another step has been taken from Oliver. I think that it keeps the door open uh, for him to return this season and a return period, which is awesome. But I still, there's still no timeline on it. There really isn't. There's no set time frame. He's on a conditioning assignment with the Wranglers right now with, I don't think, any expectation to play games. If he plays a game this weekend or Thursday of next week, great. But I'm certainly, I'm not going to go in and be like, oh, I'm expecting him to play Friday or Saturday. 
He's had one full contact practice in the NHL since May of 2022 in 18 months or so. So, no, and, and I think that there's still a lot of signposts that have got to be hit. Uh, they want to see how Oliver does physically. They want to see how Oliver does mentally with this whole thing. Um, so I, 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 that, that's not to dodge your question. It's more to say there still is no timeline here. And so if he's back in March, awesome. If he's back in April, awesome. Uh, if he's back in February, awesome. It, there's just a lot of things that still need to be determined, but the good news is is that this is happening. The good news is is that he is in a good enough spot to feel strong enough to go and do this conditioning assignment, get some practices in, and that's the main thing. Practices and being around the team environment again, that's the most important thing on the Shillington front, and so that's what this conditioning stint is mainly about. We'll see if he gets into any games or not. Uh, this from Will in BC says, nice road win. I hope Gilbert's okay. Wanted to comment on that third Nashville goal. As an ex-goalie myself, I bet anyone out there that's played uh, has at least let in one like that. The problem with shots like that is you have too much time to think about what you're going to do rather than just reacting. I thought Vladar had a good game, and after that one, he shot the door. No need to dwell on it, in my opinion. Very happy to see Shillington practicing with the Wranglers. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the, the good news is is that even if they're like even if it was the most egregious goal against ever, it meant nothing. Put it behind you. Uh, this says, happy birthday to Megan Mickelson. She's an awesome color commentator. Great game tonight for the Flames. Love the show. I agree. Happy birthday to Megan Mickelson once again. Uh, 23 years old uh, is, is how old she turned today. Um, this from Scotty in Victoria says, uh, nice win for the boys tonight. Nice to see them get th more than three goals, too. I counted nine different Flames player with, uh, players with points. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a great effort from all lines. Uh, what are your thoughts on that slew foot against Gilbert? Unfortunate overall play, but I personally don't think it was a slew and definitely not intentional. 2024 has been great to the Flames so far. Have a good night. That's from Scotty in Victoria. Again, I, I, I look at it as... Dirty? Eh, I don't know. Is it dirty? Maybe. Is it dangerous in my eyes or reckless? Yes. I thought it was a really, I don't know. I, I've watched it seven or eight times now. I just hate where Tomasino's leg is. If you're going to throw a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder check in that area after Gilbert throws away a puck and throws away, like, like uh, clears a puck out of his own zone, well, then don't put yourself in a spot whether it was accidental or not and my guess is it was accidental I don't look at Tomasino as like a dirtbag player or anything like that but even if it was accidental get your leg out of there so was it dirty maybe I, I don't I, I I wouldn't go as far as dirty but I would say dangerous and reckless is is the way I would look at that play having watched it myself a bunch of times uh, this from Dylan. Uh, was that a dirty play from Tomasino in your opinion? I don't think it was a slew foot, just a bad landing. Hate to see it. Scary as heck. Hope uh, Denny Gilbert gets healthy soon. He looked wobbly. Nashville and Calgary games have been exciting to watch for a few years now. Got a good little rivalry going. Zeri looked like he got out of his little two-game slump there, and Dubé honestly has had two good games in a row. Look for him to score in the next little bit here and go on a run. Um, looks like Wilsey's favorite hashtag Team Tank gets uh, a look at Commander Osterley for a bit here. Have a great day. That comes from Dylan. This from Tim. Um, 
Pat, I don't mean to be a jerk here, but why do we keep talking about a playoff spot on January 4th if they miss the playoffs by 10 to 12 points or even 1 to 2? Is anyone going to care if the Flames were in a playoff spot on January 10th? I just don't understand the hype. Also, thoughts to Gilbert. Hopefully a speedy recovery. That comes from Tim. I don't know. I, I don't think that anybody's hyping it up. It's like that's where they are. They're a point back of a playoff spot. Um, does it really matter that they're in a playoff spot or not in a playoff spot at Game 38? Not necessarily, but for a team that was as far back as they were and for a team that was as under 500 as they were at different times, it's it's probably big for them in the locker room to work their way a little bit closer. They still have an extremely difficult path to playoffs. They still have a lot of teams they got to battle with. They still have all of the potential changes hanging over their head, but I don't know. Would you like us not to mention it? like, and the Flames win. I, I don't know, like... Trying to build a little bit of intrigue throughout a season as well. I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily. Um, I don't necessarily think that um, I, I sit here and have I feel any differently about their playoff hopes on January fourth as I did on December fourth. I think they're going to be with this roster in the mix for the rest of the year. So they'll probably be uh, in and out if they stick with this roster. If they make some trades, that might change some things. But I don't know. I don't think there's any problem talking about it. And finally, from Ethan in Saskatoon, um, we uh, they needed a win, and that's what they got. But that Gilbert play was scary AF. Hope he's back soon. Also great to see Shillington back. That's just a little bit of our... Uh, Look at the text line so far. Text line's open at 96960. Uh, keep coming in. Uh, keep flooding them in. We got lots of time for texts on this Thursday night. We'd love to hear from you. Text line's 96960. Phone lines are 403-240-4444. Flames win 6-3 on the road in Nashville. Third straight win. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight and say hello to Will. What's going on? On, Will. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? I'm okay, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, your Christmas and New Year was good, I would assume. It was, uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, New Year's, I was, uh, I was quite ill, but uh, Christmas was good. <laughs> I was ill over New Year's too. Uh, anyhow, brother. Um, uh, towards the All-Star game, for uh, forwards, I would go with Coleman. Um, I would say Zary, but it's his first year. That's why I go with Coleman. Well, I mean, Coleman is super de- – Coleman is their leading goal scorer, their leading scorer. He leads them in all kinds of different categories. Like, if they wanted to go – if they had chosen Coleman, that would have been awesome. Um, I just I, – I, I do think it's like, okay – they're going Lindholm, but also congratulations to Elias at the same time. That's pretty neat for him, right? Did they go with Lindholm? Yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. They, they made that announcement before the game. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. I was late on, on catching the game. All right. Well, Lindholm, um, yeah, he's been – Okay, he hasn't been great this year. I wouldn't mind signing him uh, for more more years to come, but um, I wouldn't be giving him a big pay raise on 
the way he's been this year. Well, then he's probably not signing. Yeah. So, yeah, he's probably a guy that I would probably trade. Because okay. I wouldn't give him a pay raise for... Well, I'd give him a pay raise at his, uh, like, insane value... Um, I I I would uh, I would give him a pay raise on his insane value cap hit right now. Um, I, he's whether whether he's having his best season or not, he's still incredible value at under five million a year, man. He is, yes, but I wouldn't give him an extreme extension. Well, and the, it doesn't seem like they're going to. Yeah. Otherwise, um, goaltending, my friend, I would probably put Bladar in for the next game. I would like to see him in there for the next game and then uh, have uh, Markstrom take the next couple. Just give him a little extra rest. Well, either he'll he'll either play Markstrom and Vladar will probably split the next two. Um, I don't know which way they're going to do it, um, but the you'll you'll most likely see Zary in either Chicago it's not Zary, uh Vladar in either Chicago or uh or Philadelphia and Markstrom will get the other um vice versa. Yeah. But guaranteed I see one of those two goalies uh being traded this year. Maybe. I mean, I probably, and I think the Flames would like to, uh, and the Flames would like to open the door for Dustin Wolf. So I, I, I think they're going to continue to try to to make that a reality. Well, do you really have a choice? Like, because uh, Dustin Wolf, they got to make a decision by next year, don't they? Yeah. I mean, do they do they imperatively, absolutely have to? This season, I mean, you could probably make the, uh, the the argument that the answer to that is no. I I think that they should, and I they they're going to try. But I mean, you could get away with it until the off season if you really really felt like you needed to. But Dustin Wolf has to have a spot next year, or else he can be. Well, that's why I said. That's why I said on his way out, right? I I I. I Will, I said that he, like, before next season. Yeah. So, but if you wait till uh, the season ends, then I don't know. I well, think you're... well, I don't know. Like, we're on the same page. I, I think that they, they're going to try, and I think that they should. Well, I think during the season, you're going to get the best outcome in terms of return. Off-season, I think you're going to lose a little bit of return on goaltending. If, if it were me, I would try to do it in-season. Let's move to another topic because I've, I've, I've agreed with you like 15 times. So it's to a next okay. topic, my friend. <laughs> All right. Um, next topic. Um, retaining salary. Mm-hmm. I... If you have a player that has multiple years, if you retain salary, um, so if Buddy has, like, say, three years, yeah, and you retain salary and get rid of him, uh, so are you responsible for that retained salary for that full three years? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and then and and uh, then you are well. Okay, now the only thing I don't remember is uh, if you can retain salary for part of one year and then or like but i'm pretty sure you're on the hook for the rest of the contract if you are retaining um and then that would if and a lot of times you are like there's lots of contracts right now like the flames uh when they made the lucic deal right like the oilers retained salary for the rest of that contract and that was one of their retention spots until the contract expired so that's usually the way it works Okay. So it's not like you can retain a guy's salary and then you're off the hook and you have to do it for the full contract, eh? I believe so. I believe so. Uh, and and the only thing I don't know is, uh, and, and just off the top of my head, I apologize, I just don't remember if you can do it partially, like if you can do it some years and not the other. But uh, – I think that you're on the hook for retaining all of it, but I just I don't want to say for sure because I could be wrong on that. And usually I'm pretty good on those things, but this one I just don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, and I was iffy on that one. I I wasn't sure on how that would work. <clears throat> Otherwise, um, my last comment is on Huberto. I like this play lately. I think he's done better. Um. I would like to see that guy work on his two-way game. So both ends of the ice, right? Play without the puck. Start shooting more. Get pucks to the net. Get them on goal so that you can get rebounds and everything. Um, I would like to just see him do more of putting the puck to the net, not trying to be the difference maker in the game. And... I think he would do better for the team if he played that way. All right. Thank you, Will. I appreciate the call tonight. All right, Pop. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon, buddy. All right. Bye. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 6-3 win over the Nashville Predators. As we say hello to Wedley. What's going on, Wed? Oh, not much, man. I'm going to break. Uh, I think it's Larry David's rule. and wish you a happy new year. I think he said you're not allowed to do it after January 2nd. But. I think that's right. I think that I believe that is Larry David's rule that you got to stop saying Happy New Year after January 2nd. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Oh, perfect. Well, I love that one episode of Seinfeld where they're like, I once got Happy New Year in March. So it's pretty fun. I don't know. I, if I haven't seen the person, why not, right? No, so, I, I have no problem yeah. with it. I heard about your New Year's stuff. I'm glad you're feeling better. It's never fun to get food poisoning or whatever it is so glad that's better yeah i had but. uh I, I i had some uh low low energy levels for about five straight days or two Yikes. four straight days or geez walking to the grocery store like, i am bagged but i'm good now yeah oh i was glad to hear it you know mine was pretty low-key i had uh that time off so it was a nice change and just now back to the grind again but nice i was saying i was saying you should tell art Vickers and I should be hosting a fantasy football show next year because we're a dual okay, champion. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I had to get that in Let's there. Let's move on. There. Let's move on. Let's yeah. cut this from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, all good. You can take that out. No, That's I'm just good. Kidding. I would yeah. never. I would never. Yeah. No, um, I was about the team. I'll start with Shillington. That's really great news. You know, 
it still annoys me that fans will want to play detective and speculate, but whatever, I'm not surprised. But it's not our business. If he wants to talk about it, let him talk about it. I'm just glad. Whether he comes back or not, it's just nice to see him on the ice and smiling again. So I hope people will just back off and just let him be, you know. And if he gets in some games at the Wranglers, great. If he comes back all the way back to the Flames, even better. And if he comes back next year, I, I think he's a UFA, but, he you is. know, if the Flames bring him back, which I hope they do. Well, and, and the, the other thing that's I, – I do think it's important to point out that – and I've said this a few times that I also mm-hmm. think that with the way things have gone and, and, and how this situation's mm-hmm. played out, there's a, there's a lot of gratitude on the – like the, the Flames have handled this in, in a really, really – Oh, unbelievably. Yeah, yeah, it's a really reassuring, encouraging, progressive, mm-hmm. uh, supportive way – and, and I think that there's a lot of gratitude from Shillington in terms of how this has been handled and how he's been treated and how they have uh, dealt with this the entire way. And so I think because of that <laughs> gratitude, and there's also a pretty good chance that, that he's quite interested in coming back on a, on a contract for next year too. Mm-hmm. I think even though hypothetically, let's just say, let's say he wants to change his scenery and goes elsewhere, I will not hold it against him. I just want him to be healthy, happy, and whatever he wants to do, even if he retires from hockey, you know. It's it's just glad to see him back on the ice there. I think people forget that. Like, I know people are already planning matchups and pairings, and he's going to save us for the playoffs. I'm like, man, guys, back off. <laughs> it's just let the guy, let him be, let him do his thing. But I, I read his message there, and that was really nice. And I know a different era. I don't know if an organization would be like this, but – that was then. This is now, and I'm glad the Flames have done unbelievable with him. And like, yep. it, it's really nice to support him. So that's good to see. Um, I don't know some of your texters and callers. Like, I'm not going to get into that. If they're going to complain that we mentioned the P word, no one knows. There's still a lot of games by then, but it's okay to get excited right now. Who knows when they make their trades? And maybe they fall off. Maybe they're still in it. Who knows? But I think it's perfectly okay to say <laughs> that they're winning and they're they're part of the teams fighting for a playoff spot. So um, that's my opinion, anyway. But uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't know some of that. Some I told you I can never do your job. I honestly could not. I would lose my mind. But for now, in this present moment, they're playing better. They're playing as a team. The guys are here. You know, I hope it continues. It's. I know. I'm fully aware it took him this long to get back to 500, but for this present moment, I hope they keep it going, honestly. And then I, I would, I still against extensions. If you want to give Tanev one, I can. I'm okay with that. But the other two, I would have loved to see Tanev and stay, but I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if he wasn't want to be here, or uh, I don't know the full story. But if you can get a good package from. Why not trade him? Do not. We cannot afford to lose him and Lindholm for nothing. I'm. Uh, and I know what Conroy. I, I really, I, I really don't think you have to worry yeah. about that being a thing. No. I, I don't think there is really a chance yeah. that we're we're going to see those two guys walk for nothing. And so, yeah. uh, that, that that's an important um, that that's an important reminder that you know yeah. I don't know when guys are going to get dealt. I don't know what deals are going to look like. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be all three or, or what, but they're not going to let that happen. I, I well, can be might not very, be very best, confident com- in saying Best that. comparable, but I like what the Raptors did with that OG trade. You mm-hmm. get two younger guys into your lineup who can help you right now. If Conroy can do something like that and get a picks or something as well, that would be phenomenal, honestly. 
Like, I like OG as a player, but you got younger, you got two guys that are excited, they're getting an opportunity. So if he could pull something similar to that, tough I'd be to, fine. It's, it's tough to compare the leagues just because yeah. of the roster sizes. Oh, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah I, uh, to the, the general idea for sure. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And then a couple of things, I'll let you go here. I know you've talked about this a hundred times, but I I hope the fans will vote Blake Coleman in. And I know he's not the true definition of an all-star, but the guy's been our most consistent forward, even during the tough patch we had there. And I, I, I know why the NHL picked Lindholm, but I'm sorry, Coleman should be there. And it's not bashing Lindholm, but the guy's having a great year. I don't care if he doesn't fit the definition of an all-star, but... I hope the fans will vote him in at least. You know, be, get him in that way. It'd be super cool if they did. You know, mm-hmm. the problem is, it is well, a title needs a spot. <laughs> Hyman needs a spot. You know. Well, and and yeah. it it is a it's it's a smaller market that we have here in this city, yeah. right? And yeah. it's a less like the you know I think it's fair to say that. Um, Flames fans mobilize a, a little mm-hmm. less militantly than maybe other. Uh, and and hey, if yeah, please prove me wrong because that would be awesome. Um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily yeah. expecting him to go at this point, but it'd be super no. cool if that were to be the case. I think so. It'd be a nice story, like in a season that was already a tough start, and we don't know where it's going to end. Why not have someone, you know, a different guy in there, right? A, a guy that's earned it. He's leading us in goals, and I believe he's leading us in points too. Yep, so both. Why not? If it's one year, one and done, so be it. You know, he's earned it. It's not like we're we're not. This is not like a John Scott. Let's be silly situation, right? No, but, no, it would be ve- yeah. very well earned if if that were to happen for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. And then the last two things. I hope Calgary gets a PWHL team one day. But, I think women's hockey is great. I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything. I have a Sarah Fillier jersey, you know. So I hope we get a team one day. We have the space. Why not, right? So fingers crossed on that. And happy birthday to Megan Mickelson. So my dad's birthday, is, well, he's in heaven, is tomorrow. So fellow Capricorn. So happy birthday to two Capricorns. Nice. So. Nice. All right, man. Thanks, buddy. Yes, my first call of the year. I'll talk to you again soon. Again, thank you for reading my texts. Thanks, Vlad. Always yeah. will read your texts, even when they're All ridiculous. good, man. Yeah, nice talking to you. Have See a good you, one. We'll talk again soon. Happy yeah, New Year. Uh, I, I really, like, I also think that, again, I, I think that the, the PWHL, especially because, you know, with, with how quickly it came together, and, and yes, it was, it's been a long time coming, don't get me wrong, but... You know, it, it did come together pretty quickly from announcement to playing games, and it's been awesome to see how it started. I, I, I was thinking about this because George, I think, brought it up last game about, you know, what are the chances of Calgary getting a team? And um, I, I, I think that the, the chances should be strong. I also think that, you know, once the, the new facility is built, that that's a, that's a big – that would be a, a a big benchmark as well. It allow allows a little bit more team for the league, a little bit more time rather for the league to get more of a foothold and to become a little bit more uh, just in terms of business model and everything. It's a little bit more settled, and I, I know that they want to do things at you know have it be more of a slower pace thing. You don't need to get too big too fast. Is is one of the things that's going to be important. So um, yeah, I think it'd be awesome if if that could be the case before before 
or when before it's open or when it's open. That would be pretty neat to see. Uh, full lines open following a 6-3 Flames win over the Nashville Predators at 403-240-4444. This is your Flames Talk postgame show with George up next. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight, bud? I'm okay, man. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, the Larry David thing really cracked me up. It's true, though. There's there's a cutoff, Patty. There's a cutoff. Not today there's not. No, I know. I, I say it in jest, but Larry David, we're on here on a three-way call right now. He'd say, eh, it's a cutoff. Uh, we, don't, we don't go past the cutoff. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the cutoff. It's the cutoff. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So Elias Lindholm was the league selection to go to the All-Star game. Tell me you don't watch the Flames play hockey this season without telling me, eh? That's definitely an East choice. Yeah, again, I, I'm 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 trying to be trying to be respectful here. Like we're also talking about a guy who's no, going to an All Star game for the first time. Like, we can I, name like three players above him if you want to, you know, go there. Sure, we can, but like you know, still good for Elias. I just I I, I find it hard to be no, like, oh, how like Elias is also going for the first time. That's a good story. That's, that's I just I find it hard to be like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> you want to say that. The, and, and that's why I push back on, on the way you're doing it. You're like, oh, to, like, yeah, could it have been Coleman? That would have been awesome. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm 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 not going to be like, oh, how could it be Lindholm? Cause I think it's cool that Elias is going for the first time. True. It's just, I don't know. I, if it were 2022. Are you even going to watch the game, George? No, I'm not. So then why do you care? <laughs> I don't. I don't really care. I just kind of find it comical that you know. I understand it. I get it. It's a. Look, I don't know what the term. The, the team. The team had zero but. say. Um, this was a full-on league-mandated thing. Um, oh I, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I think I, I'm not blaming the team. I know. Yeah. I think that. Uh, I think that it's also interesting that it's Lindholm because you know that's a big media event, and what do you think the questions are going to be about when? Uh, when he yeah, gets there and that to was where uh, I was going when he next. gets there to Toronto. Literally. So. Yeah, that's where I was going next. It's funny because I have two questions for you now. A, you know, it's it's common knowledge he doesn't he's not a big fan of the whole media thing, so he's now he's gonna have to do interviews and we all know the questions are gonna be asked. And this is a serious question, like don't take this as me being sarcastic or joking, but this is serious because it actually happened last year. What happens if this guy gets traded before the All-Star game? I know. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that like, would go. Remember with Horvat? Horvat no, was, I know. I don't, the, I, I yeah. don't know. what would. I'm, I'm guessing he'd just go and would be representing the team he gets traded for. Gets traded to, rather. And then Calgary would have no one. That would be... That would be something. Yeah, yeah I was talking. I was talking to. Uh, I was talking to Julian of the Athletic about this earlier today. I asked him that same thing. So, what happens if Lindholm gets traded? Yeah. Um, and what happened last year? The Canucks did have two guys going. So Elias Pettersson had been named, and I believe Horvat was voted in. And so that's so it was they they were still able to be represented. So maybe the Flames will have a guy voted in. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I see like three Oilers getting voted in because I agree with you. Like the that Edmonton fan base is rabid, and and to their credit, like I'm not even criticizing. That's great, you know. No, when they so when they we'll want to mobilize, that like the oh yeah, 
there will be an extra oiler going, whether it's Hyman or Dreisaitl. Oh, 100%. Like somebody else will be going because uh, there, there's not a group of fans that mobilize quite like Oilers fans do. And let's be honest, Patty. Like, I wouldn't even be like, honestly, they, I mean, there should be two oilers going. I mean, like Dreisaitl's having another great year. That Hyman's on pace for like 52 goals. So, yep. yeah, like I wouldn't even like – Honestly, if if the right oiler got selected, it should. Okay, that's that's that's, a, that's enough being nice that. about the Oilers. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, let's go to uh, man that that fall from the blue foot, whatever clipping you want to call from Gilbert, that looked nasty. I really hope he's okay, and and I I hope first and foremost he's okay, and and I hope he's not out long term because that looks scary and just it's like you said the back angle, watching his head bounce off the ice like that, like it honestly made me sick to my stomach, like. It made me think, like, because, you know, watching hockey even in the 80s, even as a kid, like, how did players play without helmets? I know it's a different game now and it's faster, but, man, like, thankfully, like, you know, they they, they wear helmets and the, the equipment's much better now because, I don't know, that just, that, that bugged me. That that looked really scary, and I just hope the guy's going to be okay because that back angle just looked horrific. Yes. Yeah, it was it was scary, so, and, and I hope he's glad, good, I'm glad that then, he. I, I don't know if he's okay, okay, but at the very least, he. Uh, yeah, but is is he was able like to terrible, like he you was know, able you know, to leave you know the I'm ice, and, and so yeah, yeah. Was, that that was that was the best news about it. Good, good. That's excellent. That's good. Connor Zeri, you know, it's funny. Like he's the last couple of games, he's been slumping, whatever you want to call it. But overall, he's had a fantastic season. And, like, I, I find so much – he's so much – I've said it a hundred times. I hate to be repetitive, but he's so fun to watch for me. I just for, – for for a kid who's that age, 21 or 22, whatever he is now, that hockey IQ, Patty, that – honestly, that's probably what impresses me the most. The more I think about it, he's got skill. He can shoot it. He can pass it. But his hockey IQ, like, he only got two points tonight. I say only. But – he was, like, even, like, going to the net, like, some of the stuff he did to create opportunities for other players to score goals just blows my mind that he has that, that sense, that IQ to do that at that age. That's super, super impressive. Yep, and and more often than not, he's he's given the group a important shot in the arm offensively they, they, he's he uh he's he's been a real revelation for him and it's not he's a young player so it's not going to be perfect every single night but he was good again uh he was good again here and and got the two points had a couple of games where maybe he was had come off it a little bit and that's why they say it's an everyday league and so you learn more and more about what that means and and good on him for being able to bounce back pretty quickly Exactly, and that's another thing I really admire about him. His response to these kinds of things. It was like I almost wouldn't blame him if he went on a slump for say ten games, for example. Now, touch wood, I would not never want that to happen this year. But you know, it's a possibility with players in their first year, whether they're eighteen, whether they're twenty-one, whether they're twenty-five. It's 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 something that just happens, and really, his slumps have been few and far between. Like they've been minimal. Like. He might have a couple games off, and then he'll like come back like a house of fire. So that's what's admirable, and it makes me really think about his trajectory going forward. And like, it, it seems like he's kind of pushing the ceiling a little higher each time, you know. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't want to make any uh, bold predictions, but 
you have to remember the kid was drafted 24th overall. So to get a player of that caliber, you know, at that position, that's, that's a, that's a home run for the flames. If he continues this and he continues to be a, a top six forward, uh, you know, going forward for the rest of his career. I mean, that's, you know, bravo to them. And if, and if I remember correctly, they traded to drop down. Right. And then didn't they get with that one pick, the extra pick they got, didn't they draft Jeremy Poirier? Uh, that I don't remember. That that could very well be the case. Um, I do know. I do know that they drafted. Uh, they they traded down on two different occasions to right. pick Zeri. So they actually traded down twice uh, before they eventually pick Zeri at twenty fourth overall. Yeah. So it's just and yeah, no the uh, the players that they picked uh, were. Uh, no, you know what? They, they, uh, they, they, I, let me, let me go look at that. Let me go, let me go do a little bit more research on that. Cause you might be right on that front. I know one of the picks they used to, uh, select Zeri was, uh, Jake Boltman. Right. Yes. Okay. I think the other one was Poirier, but I could be wrong. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm honestly not trying to tell you that you are wrong. I, I just, I don't, I don't want to confirm or deny something if I don't know off the top of my head. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But anyway, like, like like I said, it's he's he's been fun to watch. So, uh, hey, you know, def- it's only you know four days in or whatever. But defeated in twenty, undefeated in twenty twenty four, they've deserved to be three and zero to start the year. So good on them, man. Uh, again, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, you, we we know what's probably going to happen, and but whatever. I mean, they're you know they're they're the effort's been there and. Uh, it has been fun to watch, so we'll see. Um, I don't know if I'll talk to you Saturday because those afternoon games are really, really tough for me, being where I am. But uh, if I don't, I will talk to you soon. So, I, you know, I just uh, enjoy the rest of your night, my friend, and uh, hopefully we'll talk very soon. And just before you go, I just went and pulled it up. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so the, the Boltman pick came from Washington, and the Poirier pick came from the Rangers when they traded down twice. So Boltman and Poirier nice. were the two players that they got by trading down. Excellent. And, like, I, I have high hopes for Poirier, too, so can you imagine yeah, <laughs> how that good. could look in a few years? Yeah, definitely. All right, my friend. Thank you for that confirmation. You have a good night, my man. Thank you, George. I appreciate it, man. Let's say hello to uh, Parsons on the phone lines at 403-240-4444. What's up, Pars? Hey, brother. How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, yeah, the game was a pretty good game. I think, um, you know, in the first period there, you know, we kind of put ourselves behind the ball a little bit with uh, – you know, with the turnovers again, and it uh, didn't help Vladdy out too much. But um, you know, uh, like it, it definitely could have been a three nothing game, and or three nothing in the first there. But uh, you know, we stuck with it, we kept with it. So, I mean, overall, it was a, it was a pretty good gritty win again. I didn't so really I, have I, much of a problem at all with their first period, honestly. Surprised. Well, no. It, no, uh, just other than like the two goals that you know that they got, it was. Uh, oh, you're it, saying that it could have been it could have been three nothing. Uh, yeah, and like Nashville doesn't have any. Turn, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I thought you meant like it could have been three nothing Nashville. Oh no 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 no. Um, it it could have been in our favor a little bit better and helped out Vladar um, a little bit, but. Um, other than that, I mean, they kept with it, and that's what I'm loving about this team 
this year is that they're, they they just keep with it, Pat. And uh, they, you know, versus years before where, you know, you know, we get a goal on us at an inopportune moment and it would kind of make us uh, step back a little bit. It, I don't get that sense a lot with this team. So I think uh, maybe that was a very, the, a, a, that happened a lot last year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, for sure. So I don't know if, um, you know, maybe Huska's got the boys, you know, being a little bit more, you know, in tune and more quiet and um, a little bit more belief in themselves. But it, I, I think it shows so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to point this out. Um, so Sharon Govich and Toffoli, I've been kind of keeping track, so, so far, Sharky's got 12 goals, 25 points. Defoli, 15 goals, 27 points. So there's a two-point difference between the two. So it's looking good. I'm I'm going to make a bold prediction that uh, Sharky ends up with more points at the end of the year. Um, as far as uh, – I have a question for you, Pat, on the All-Star thing. Um, so it's chosen by the NHL. Is that NHL writers that do that? Uh, no, it's like a, a, a it's like the full on league makes the decision. Like by league, who do you mean by that? Like league officials. League officials. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I won't dive into that too too much. It just seems like a more of a name recognition thing more than anything. It absolutely uh, is. But um, hey, that's, but that's that's but but parse. That's exactly what it is. Well, yeah, it, it totally is, but I, I wish they would do a little better with that. Like, uh, personally, I would even um, – actually, who's the um, the goalie expert that you talked to there the other day? Kevin, uh, Kevin Woodley. Yeah, Woodley. Love that guy. And he runs that magazine as well, right? Yep, in goal. So his in-depth talk with you the other day with, about Markstrom was amazing. And um, he was almost putting Markstrom top three in the league, like with all these other advanced stats, eh? Yes, absolutely was. So, like, I would rather see a guy like actually Markstrom be in there, like, because I think he's kind of earned so that. Part of the thing that you got to remember is, and this is not to defend or like part of the part of the thing that you have to remember mm-hmm. is that this is a jigsaw puzzle. I think it was Francis who used that uh, term on, on uh, social media. So I'm going to steal it right from him, but he's right. Um, it's a jigsaw puzzle for the league that they're, they're trying to take they're, they're they're doing it positionally and they're trying to take X amount of positions right. from each conference and uh, trying to fill things that way. And I'm not even trying to defend or, or say they've done it right yeah, or whatever, sure. but that, that is part of why, you know, they, they went with Boone Jenner out of Columbus. That's, that's another one that's um, drawn some eye or, or raised some eyebrows. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it from the NHL standpoint. I understand why they lean name value i mean i I believe that um 10 of the top 20 scorers in the nhl weren't named so it's it's um it's it's there's a lot that goes into it um and i get it that not everybody agrees with the lindholm choice look i'll be perfectly honest that would not have been my first guess or first choice either 
And yet, at the same time, it's like, well, it's still pretty cool. That's a Lindholm's first ever trip to the All-Star game. So I'm trying to balance it with, hey, good for him. Yeah. But I also understand that, you know, there were other guys that, that people probably would have pushed for. Yeah, it just kind of makes you wonder if people would pay more attention to the All-Star game if, if they didn't do it this way. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't it, know how was, worried the, the the league is, honestly, about how many people pay attention to it. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's important, and I, they want people watching, but this is when it's all said and done. This is a corporate thing where they're there. Like, this is, all, sure, about, sure. this is all about giving the corporate uh, sponsors um, a, a cool event with some big names mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, that's really what it comes down to when it's all said and done. Absolutely. You know, I, I, hey, I totally get how it works for sure. Um, yeah, I know I gave him some flack a little while ago, but I, I think Backlund has been absolutely outstanding lately. Uh, well, the whole line, uh, him and Coleman and since Manji's been put back there, um, all, all three of them are just dynamite. And I'm really happy for Manji. Uh, he's out there, he's skating again, and he's getting in the gritty areas, and I really love this about this guy. And Obviously, they're all, you know, bearing their fruits because Coleman's been insane, and I really love that line there. And I hope they keep them together there, Pat, because um, there's something about that line that works. And uh, um, to George's point earlier about Zeri, yeah, um, this this kid, he really does have a high IQ, and you could tell just before he scored that goal tonight, he had an opportunity to shoot before that, but he didn't. He tried to pass it, and that didn't work well, but he was gifted the puck back again, and this time, like, he learned quickly. He's like, well, this time I'm going to shoot, and he did, and he scored. So, um, yeah, he's he's a really good player. I like that kid. Um, I just had a couple of comments really quickly. Okay, quick. Um, uh, Huberto, I think he has been better on both ends of the buck. Um, as far as Shillington, uh, the new assignment to the Wranglers is a, a great thing. It's great news. Uh, to play devil's advocate, I know we're all trying to protect him, or you know, but there is a certain part of uh, fans and ticket holders that you know they do want to know what's going on too, right? So. There was a lot of secrecy shrouded. There was around no him. secrecy, man. There was privacy. Well, there's a difference. There was. There's well, a difference, privacy. dude. No, there's yeah. a difference. Privacy right. is but, different than secrecy. But I, I talk to a lot of people that go, "Well, why isn't he there? We're paying the guy, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there has to be some respect given to that crowd. As no, well. there doesn't. I, you don't. You're, you're under no. You have no obligation to know about his personal life, dude. Well, I mean, if if you're a fan and stuff, right, and you're paid big money to be in the spotlight, do you not think that that should be somewhat afforded to the fans? No, I absolutely do not. You, we get to criticize them and learn about their professional lives. Their personal lives behind closed doors are as private as yours or mine is. Yeah, I I guess. I, 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 I think that's that's my I'm I, I. I just, I'm just saying, you can like, have your own opinion, Pars. I just vehemently disagree. I think that I, I I don't think that you are entitled as a season ticket holder or a person who pays for cable or whatever. I, I like nobody's entitled to his his private life. I'm I'm just saying there is a world out there, Pat, that you know people want answers to, right? Like they, you know what I mean. 
Like we can't. Why can't you mind your own? And, and I say this respectfully. Why can't you mind your own business? Like well, they, they've said, it's a mental health thing. We've talked about the demons that he's going through. Like what? What more do you need? Yeah. Well. All right. I just all I'm saying is there's another group of people out there that you know have questions and they they wonder when this guy's coming back. And, well, we'll find you know out. Like I just I don't understand like what the app like why do you need to know that bad when they've told you he's well, going we don't through need a hard to time. know all the little dirty details well, kind of what you're saying more yeah i i don't think you're entitled to anything like i don't know what you think you're entitled to just because he's a pro athlete i don't know big contracts big money i don't know that awesome I still don't like. You haven't answered my question. What are you entitled to? Well, there was a bit of secrecy. It seemed like at first. Right? I don't know, man. They've been again. There's a difference I mean, between only, giving a guy only... his privacy and giving a guy and 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 like it wasn't a state secret. It was, hey, he's going through a hard time. We're going to give him his privacy. And at first, nobody really knew what was going on. So well, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that's but they were under no obligation to tell us in 2022. Mm-hmm. All right. That's that's my opinion, man. You can you can say no, no, right. it's it's time to uh, it's time to move on. Uh, I appreciate the call, man. Uh, let's say hello before we, uh, get back inside the Flames locker room. Let's say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Anand, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me now? There you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Good evening, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Uh, yeah, I've made a couple of notes today, so I'll, uh, be, uh, as quick as possible, but I would like to mention a few things. Sure. Uh, so, first of all, Gilbert, he I hope he's okay. Uh, that uh, slow food didn't uh, look too great. Uh, I know uh, Ryan has come mentioned in his uh, post, uh, post-game interview uh, that he looks fine, but, uh, yeah, hopefully he recovers. So, in the case that he might have to miss a game or two, who do you think could be his uh, replacement? Would be It would be Osterley. Oh, silly. Okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, second, yeah, but Shillington, uh, I know he is uh, doing the conditioning stint with the Wranglers now, but uh, yeah, like I said uh, earlier in my uh, social media post as well, yeah, no rush for him to return. Let him take his time uh, when he's ready to come back uh, because always the mental health and it's the importance of a player uh, that is more important than anything else. Health comes after all, so I like how the Flames are really supporting him to uh, come back strong, but uh, taking it easy as well. So good job on that. Uh, do we have yet a return on Pelche's return or not yet? Uh, we don't have a timeline on it. Um, we're, you know, we're probably talking about kind of mid this month, late this month, as to maybe when. Um, maybe when we see him back at a practice type thing, kind of in that pocket, I think. All right, gotcha. Yeah, another thing, uh, going back to the game directly, I like how defensemen are really making it offensive too. Uh, like, for example, Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, they have been uh, great as well. 
I want to mention one other thing. Elias Lindholm, his uh, pick for All-Star, congratulations. But I have a question for you. Would you, uh, I know you mentioned Coleman as a second option already. If Elias Lindholm uh, wasn't picked, do you think Michael Backlund would have, could have been picked possibly? For, uh, for All-Star? Yeah, All-Star. I mean, if if the like do i do i so what what are you asking uh like in terms of could he be voted yeah, in now by fans yeah either by fans or if you had an option to pick would you pick michael backland uh i and the, you know how big a fan of of backland i am i would have gone if it were me i would have gone for coleman Okay, yeah, that, right. that's who I, I – I think it just would have been such an awesome story, um, and I think it would have been really neat to uh, to see a guy go for the first time. Um, the, the There's now 12 that will be voted in by fans. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I put a vote in for Blake Coleman, so hopefully uh, that happens. And one last thing, uh, I know a few of the uh, callers were talking about the PWHL. I was thinking maybe if we can get a head start for a Calgary team, maybe uh, the Maxwell Arena could be possible option for it to start there. I, I don't – if you're going to – and this is not to say that Max Bell is bad. Like, I love Max Bell. It's where I spent yeah. my first uh, year's broadcasting. I, that place uh, is, is one of my favorite spots in the city, and the, the wind sport big arena is good. I just think if, you, if you're going to – if you're gonna do it, you want to do it where it's a you know you have a newer facility and and it's something that you know makes it. I, I just think you want it so that it is in a spot where uh, and and the big arena at Windsport is is fine. I just think you'd like to see it so you've got a little bit more capacity, right? Like if this thing grows the way that we're all hoping it does, I I, I think it's a situation where probably you hope that it outgrows or starts a little bit uh, larger than Max Bell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, Maxwell is my first episode to where I did the Circle K Classic tournament last week. So, yeah, that's amazing. All right, thanks, Patty, for the chat. Unfortunately, I won't be possibly be able to call on the Saturday game because I work uh, 10 to 7 shift. But if, in case my break happens to be by the end closer to the game, I'll try calling in. But otherwise, I'll talk to you on Sunday after the 1 p.m. game. Uh, good stuff, Anna, and good to hear from you, pal. Yeah, have a good night. Take it. You too, man. As uh, we continue along in your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Flames win 6-3 over the Nashville Predators. You can make it uh, three consecutive wins for the Flames, and they're two for two on this road trip so far. The road trip that continues on Saturday morning against the Philadelphia Flyers, 11 a.m is puck drop for that game against the Flyers. Uh, let's select tonight's Player with Heart. The Player with Heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic on this Thursday night. And you know what? I'll, I'll just do it because uh, hopefully, um, man, it's tough to – I was going to go – I'm going to go honorable mention. I just – it's tough to go away from the guy that I'm going to choose with uh, how around that he was tonight in this one. Um, so honorable mention to Michael Backlund for you, Wilsey, but I got to go with Nazem Kadri when you take a look at this stat line when it's all said and done. Nazem Kadri had an outstanding game. Individual expected goals of 1.23, by far the highest on the team. Kadri in this game – 
led the team in shot attempts with 11, shots with 9, uh, sorry, uh, shot attempts with 11. Uh, he was third with shots in 5, but here's the crazy part. Of his 11 shot attempts, 9 were scoring chances and 6 were high dangers. I got to go with Kadri on the player with heart tonight. Six high danger individual chances, uh, nine scoring chances on 11 shot attempts. He also scored the beautiful goal in this game as well. So honorable mention for you, Wilsey, to Michael Backlund. But I'm going Nazem Kadri on tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments. Not available at your doctor's office. Visit heartfit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. We heard from Noah Hannafin live. We've heard from head coach Ryan Huska. We've heard from Blake Coleman. And now how about Connor Zeri? Goal and an assist for Zeri in the win over the Preds. He spoke post-game tonight. Big first period by you guys, and you kept the lead the rest of the way. How did you how do you think your team managed this game and all those momentum swings? Yeah, I think we we came out pretty hard and um uh we we kind of took control of the game and obviously we got the lead and we were able to play with the lead, and I think that's something that we want to do more of. Is, is we've had we had a lot of come from behind wins and whatnot in the in the first half of the season, so it's nice to to play with the lead and keep the lead. I think that's always good. How about your own game? Another goal and an assist for you tonight. Feeling pretty good, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think I felt good tonight. I think last game and maybe even the game before, I was, felt a little off. I didn't think I I really had my game. I think I just. I just didn't have my best couple games, but I think it was a, it was a good reset for me yesterday and then come in and uh, chat with the Husk a little bit, just get back to my game and, and be a little bit more direct and uh, with my game and, and faster with my pace, and, and I think that helped me tonight. You guys are above 500 now for the first time in a while, and six out of your last 10 you've won. Do you feel like you're trending in the right direction right now as a team? Yeah, 100%. I think we, like I've mentioned in the past month or so, over the last little while, we found our identity, and and uh, we we know how how we have to play when, uh, or we know how we have to play to win and 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 uh, be good every night. So I think when when we're sticking to that and when we play with that mentality, we're always fine and we're always going to be in games and, and finding ways to win. Connor, it's nice too when you score six goals and six different goal scores. Nobody has more than two points. It says a lot about how balanced the offense can be. Yeah, I think we've we've done that all year. It's pretty balanced, and and it's nice to to have everyone get on the score sheet and. Um, it's obviously uh, just nice to get the win and um, obviously kind of a, a tough way to end the game there. But um, I think it's it's always positive when, when you get out with the win. That is Connor Zeri post game. Two points for him in a 6-3 win over Nashville. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. So next up on this four-game road trip for the Flames is a game against the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday morning. Now note the start time for Saturday's game. It is uh, an early one. It is an 11 a.m. puck drop Calgary time for the Flames and Flyers. That one will be coast to coast on Sportsnet. So 11 a.m is what we're looking at for the game between the Flames and the Flyers. This is the second and final game between the two teams this year as the Flames played them 
on New Year's Eve Sunday. So two games in less than a week against Philadelphia. Flames won on New Year's Eve by a 4-3 score over Philadelphia. And overall, 3-1-1 against the Flyers dating back to the start of the 21-22 season. So 3-1-1 uh, against Philly overall. They'll uh, try to push that to 4-1-1 as uh, they will uh, play them on Saturday morning, then Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. against Chicago to wrap up the road trip. And then Tuesday night, 7 o'clock against the Senators back at the Scotiabank Saddledome. That's what's coming up next for the Flames, and that is Looking Ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Let's get back to the text line at 960-960. What do we got here on the text line? on this Thursday night. Um, this says, uh, there's a couple questions about uh, Pelche, which I answered with Anand, but you know, I think you're talking about sometime this month, maybe for him to get back into practices. Uh, that, that's, you know, I, again, they're not trying, they're, they're really not rushing this one either. On the Pelche front, they want to make sure that when he's back, he is not only 100% health-wise, but they want to make sure that he can get back and contribute, so they want to give him some time to get up to speed. Wouldn't surprise me if you see some conditioning stuff and a, and a, t- a little stretch in the American League to get his legs under him. That wouldn't surprise me one bit at all. Um... This from Tucker and Strathmore. Pat, good game from the guys. Do you think Lindholm getting an all-star spot will bump his trade value? Probably not. Probably not. But what I do think is kind of interesting on that front is that it might get a little bit of buzz going in another market. Like, just say it's Colorado and say, oh, Lindholm's in the all-star game. Maybe just ups the buzz a little bit more um, in the market. Like, hey, Lindholm, Lindholm, and look – I think it plays a small part, a very small part, but I don't think buzz in a city about a guy is completely irrelevant either. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's maybe the, the one impact it might be able to have. Uh, this says... Um, from Curtin Calgary, uh, why are people up on Dubé? He needs to be traded. Has no one else noticed that he doesn't know how to pass, always has his head down and skates himself into a corner and then loses the puck? It's been going on for years. Guy's wide open and he never sees them. You know, again, the, the one thing I'll say about Dubé is he's having a tough year. There's no doubt about it. But they this is a guy who had 45 points last year. You also don't just fluke your way into that. So is he having a down year? Without question. But at the same time, I still think that um, to to completely say, well, he's done. He can't play anymore. He's having a down year. He had a really he's he had career seasons last two years in a row. So I don't know. He's having a down year. He's still working really hard, and and I think you need to give him some credit for that as well. I get it. You're you're looking for more from him. I fully get that. I just think that the overall like, oh, well, get rid of him. I, I I'm just not there on that front. Um. This from Joel and Cranston. Totally disagree with Lindholm in the All-Star game. They should cancel the All-Star game. Just announce the All-Star teams. Um, totally disagree with the texter that said Dubé's had two good games. I didn't notice him until the second period. That's from Joel and Cranston. Uh, this says, thoughts on the Western League trades today, Pat? Well, 
All I'll say on that is, look, I'm not going to be able to break him down. Um, I mean, there's two good players um, and and two big names in the Western League on the move. I just love Western League trades or, or, or CHL trades. I love them. When you have a team gearing up for a big playoff run, they want to make a push for the Memorial Cup. And then to see the the returns, like it's one guy. And, and, and you understand because it's it's not the NHL. It's not the best players in the world all playing in, in these three leagues and and, you know, you're talking about the Western League that's got some really good players, but there's a there's a much larger variance in the Western League in terms of gap between players than there is in the NHL. So if you're going to want to get a guy like Geeky or you're going to want to get a guy like Savoy, you're like, okay, you're going to be paying through the absolute nose when it comes to these uh, to the asking prices. So I love junior hockey trades. Like, uh, okay, we'll uh, give up three players and 17 picks for this one guy. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but I, I always love junior hockey trades in this country. Big ones like that are just the best. So those those are my uh, thoughts. They're not the uh, most – this ain't Lou breaking down the trade, um, but I, I did love seeing both those deals today. Uh, this reads, Pat, just trying to understand the Shillington conditioning stint a bit better. I know – the, that we don't want to put any expectations on his return, but isn't an LTIR conditioning stint only valid for a maximum of one week? What would happen if he's not ready to return following that week? Uh, I would think no GM would claim him on waivers if he requires an actual AHL assignment to get ready. Also, does an LTIR, LTIR conditioning stint count towards the cap? Okay. This is uh, here's here's my 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 best layman's breakdown. Uh, this is this is the deal. There is a difference between an LTI conditioning stint and a conditioning stint. So that's the most important part. The texture is correct. An LTI conditioning stint is is only about a, a week long. It's the longer of six days or three games for the AHL team. So it's about a week. And that's what we're talking about here. I, I believe you can, um, Ryan Pike. Uh, checked in. I, I believe that there is an extension that you can apply for as well. Um, but yes, it is only a week, but that is an LTI conditioning stint, which is different than a regular conditioning stint. So unlikely that Oliver Shillington will be ready for the NHL after this one week conditioning stint. Uh, there, uh, after that's done, this is just to see where he's at, and that's what an LTI conditioning stint's about. It's to determine where a player's fitness is. Uh, so that's what this is. Once it's done, he can remain on LTIR. Um, he can start practicing with the Flames if that's where things go and remain on LTIR. They would have to take him off LTIR if when two things were to happen. If they believe he was ready to return to the NHL, they'd have to obviously take him off LTI and have him back on the active roster. And number two... Um, if they wanted to send him on a normal conditioning stint to the American League, they would have to activate him off of LTIR. Uh, LTIR. And a normal conditioning stint to this texter's question also does not require waivers. Any player can go on a conditioning stint for 14 days without having to be put on waivers. So that also is important. So there is a possibility that he could go on two conditioning stints if that's what Oliver and the Flames decide is best before returning to the NHL. I hope that cleared it up a little bit. Uh, this from Fred and Cranston. 
good momentum the Flames have going. Really good to see. What are your thoughts on the Flames rep to go to the All-Star game? I disagree with the choice. There are better, more committed players on the team that deserve it. That from Fred and Cranston. Well, on the one hand, I'm happy for Elias. It's his first time going to the All-Star game. I think that's cool. On the other hand, I do think it's a little awkward. Uh, that's a guy that is not signed. That's a guy that we believe is, is going to be dealt or is most likely going to be dealt. Um, so it's going to be uh, it's a guy that doesn't love doing media to begin with, and now there's going to be lots of media in Toronto for the All-Star weekend, so there's going to be some questions about his future. Uh, I think that's going to be awkward. Um, I, again, w would it have been my first choice? No. Coleman would have been my first choice, and Kadri probably would have been my, my second choice, and then Uyghur and, and Markstrom would have been in there too. That being said, I'm happy for Elias. That's neat that he gets to go for the first time. Um, and he's been a really good flame. Um, and so I, I'm happy for him. And then the last thing I'll say is that this is a full-on league choice. The league made the decision. The Flames had zero say in it. Uh, only the league determines who's going to the All-Star game this year. Um... What else we got here at 960-960? This is from Chris and Copperfield. Um, I give the team and the coaching staff a lot of credit for how they played the past six weeks. It's been a grind of a schedule. Looking at the Oilers' schedule, they've had a lot of breaks and time at home, and to their credit, they've taken full advantage. Looking forward to when Calgary's schedule loosens up and the Oilers face the grind the Flames have been on. That's from Chris and Copperfield. Well, you know, usually I'd say don't, don't worry about the Oilers, but... You might have to worry about the Oilers because they're in this fight with the Flames as well for one of the playoff spots in the Western Conference. Um, okay, great stuff on the text line at 960-960. Let's uh, head back to the phone lines for a few more calls as well following a 6-3 Flames win on the road in Nashville. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk postgame oh. show. Let's say hello to Mike. Mike, what's going on? Matt. It is my absolute pleasure to say long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing well. Uh, watched the game. I got to just start off by saying we need to figure out our goaltending situation. Wolf needs to be in the NHL. He cannot be playing in the AHL anymore. I think we need to trade Markstrom. There are guys out there that want to pick him up. I think New Jersey is an absolute option. There are guys, young guys like a Dawson Mercer, I think you pull back if possible. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I don't know if Mercer's the type of guy that you could get back from Markstrom. I mean, depending on how um, depending on how desperate the devils get, maybe. Um, but I, I do feel like you're still talking, and I know that Mercer's numbers are down this year, and he hasn't been as big of a contributor to that, that Devils team as he was last year. Um, but, you know, we're still talking about a guy with 20 points in 36 games, and his production has picked up. I just, it, it feels like it would be, it feels unrealistic that the Devils would be parting with Mercer in, in a big trade, because I think the Devils look at themselves as a team that can compete for a cup, and so would they be willing to take away a guy who is a regular on their roster to do that? You know, I, 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 I'm less adamant about that than I am on the Bowen Byram front. Like, I think there's zero way Colorado's parting with Bowen Byram in a trade, Um you know, could I see Mercer? Maybe. I'm still a little skeptical on it. As for Markstrom, do I think there is a possibility he could get dealt in season? 
Yeah, I don't think it's a big one, though. Um, it's rare that you see a goalie of that caliber with that type of cap hit dealt in season. Very rare. Uh, now, I know there are plenty of teams that have goaltending issues. I grant you that. And that is kind of a, a caveat to the norm, right? Like, it's like, okay, well, that's the norm. But also, how often do you have as many, quote, unquote, contenders that have goaltending issues? Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, there's just three, right? So, I get you. Um, so, that's why I think the door isn't completely closed on it. I still think the more likely guy to get moved would be Vladar. Um, but if you could get a haul for Markstrom and he is willing to entertain the conversation with his no-move clause, because remember, he can block anything. That also needs to be taken into account. Then I think it's at the very least a conversation that you should be having. You know, a uh, lot of great points. I was going to mention the Bowen Byram thing when you said you know, do they want to pull a guy off the roster? But, you know, to bolster a cup run, you want a big goalie of Markstrom's caliber. You have extra term. Mercer's playing third line in New Jersey. Yep. And also, you know, Tyler Toffoli and Sharon Govich, this, you've got the trade relationship. You see trades happen between teams sure. multiple times just because, you know, the line's open. I think there's a real good chance that you see New Jersey, especially if they're on the hot seat. You know, you got a guy like Jack Hughes. you got a bunch of other players that are young guys, but they want to make a push. They lost out pretty uh, egregiously in the playoffs last year, and it came down to goaltending. And I think that's an aspect that they're going to be looking at. So, you know, the Flames are destined, I hate to say it, they're destined for nights. They always are with these rosters. They need to make a big deal like this pull a good first-rounder back like a Dawson Mercer, and I think that really skyrockets what the Flames can do for a rebuild here. I, I mean, if, if again, remember, Markstrom's got a full no move. Um, He's going to Jersey. He's going to love being in Jersey. And I'm not saying he wouldn't waive it. I'm not saying he wouldn't yeah. waive it. I, All right. I think it's a conversation. I think it's a conversation to have. For sure. All right, fair enough. Yep. Also, on another note, everybody's talking about Lindholm being an all-star. I know you said it doesn't bolster uh, his value at all, but you know what? I'm kind of sick of every team getting one guy going to the all-star break. Like, there are better players that could be there. Good for Lindholm. If we trade him, he's gone. That's fine. You know, it's going to happen. And uh, actually, kind of looking forward to it because – they should get a decent haul for Lindholm. He's a former 40-goal scorer, and I really think, like, with the right guy, he's going to be back at that level. I, if, you put him, if you put him on Colorado, I, I could see him back being a 35-goal guy for sure, or thir- a 30-goal guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at Kadri last year, or two years ago. Two years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it, especially when McKinnon went out. I think that's a perfect spot for him. It sucks when you're in this position and you're Calgary because you know the guys that you're going to trade are going to be studs. But you need to look at the fact that they didn't work out here. You need to change the scenery. You need to get younger. That's just the move that uh, Conroy's got to do. All right, Mike. You have yourself a great night, hey? Yep, you too. Thanks, buddy. Let's, uh, let's say hello to Randy on the phone lines. What's up, Randy? How's it going, Mr. Sander? I'm well. How are you? Well, I'm still alive anyways. Uh, so I was just going to hit up a few points here. I think the uh, 
that resurgence, the capacity for Huberto to move to the first line doesn't have anything to do with Len Holmes. It was Sharon Govich. I think Sharon Govich plays a big part in it, for sure. I think that his... Um... I mean, the way that that he's playing and how much uh, more how, how much more confidence we're seeing from Sharon Govich now compared to the last time we saw that line together. Yeah, I, I think it plays a big part in. Well, his defensive play as well. Like I know, like personally, when I watch him play, he I realize that everybody's looking for the offense and the goals and stuff. But he's also the guy that's coming for the defense. He always rolls back on the other side, right? He, he's a good cover. cover well, that was player. one of the that was one of the things that that we were told about Sharon Govich when they acquired him. It's like, okay, he's got a great shot, um, good penalty killer, and a good two-way guy, and, and he's kind of showed us all those things, right? Yeah, that, that, that was my opinion. Uh, I was going to talk about the All-Star thing, but you basically uh, said everything that I was going to say, which is that Lee, Marky, Corey, Zary were all better choices. So you already went down the, light, uh, the list. Um, so I have a question. Like, I know that there's a lot of talk about trading Markstrom. Right, and it has to do with the year return and all that. And I understand that, but would it not be better to keep Markstrom around in order to uh, what's the word develop Wolf yeah. the same way that that, that, that Zari is developing Prospisil and or sorry that Kadri is developing Prospisil and Zari? No, I I feel you, and I I think that there is a very good case to be made for it. I I mean, I I think that. If that's the way it goes, having Markstrom um, kind of be the the guy in front of Wolf and and have that as a potential um, you know mentor or whatever word you want to use, I, I, and that's great. Um, th- there's two things. First of all, if they do decide to pivot and and make a big pivot to be significantly younger and thus maybe be a little less competitive on the you know on the ice and the right now. How interested is Markstrom going to be? Markstrom is concerned with winning and winning only. That's what drives this guy. I can tell you that beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's what drives Jacob. I'm Jacobs. concerned about that, eh? Because because when well, when they when he's hanging out with, with in the outlaws places, and I, I I ran into him a couple times in the Calgary clubs, and that didn't seem well. And maybe that would be the same thing anywhere, I suppose, eh? Well, I don't know. Like running into Jacob away from the rink and then trying That's to I mean, judge yeah. whether or not yeah. we, he cares about winning. That, that, that seems, yeah. that seems a little not incongruous to me. Yeah. Silly. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And so anyway, think, yes, I, yeah, I, yeah. I am very confident that winning is what drives Jacob. And, and so is being a part of a rebuilding group at his age with how much is left on his contract. Is that something that he is um, super keen to do? I'm, I'm not as sure on that front. So because of that, um, I, I think a conversation is warranted if the flames are going to be going down the rebuilding route, uh, route rather. Um, and, but the other thing is, is that I think there, and then, Oh, sorry. The, the second part is, is that if you're going to get a ridiculous return for him, you have to weigh that against the value of having him uh, stick with Dustin Wolf. And I do think to your point, there is a value to having him stick with Dustin Wolf. Talk balancing act, I suppose, eh? It is, and that's that's why I'm glad that I'm not the GM. Yeah, agreed. So I had a, I had a second thought, right? And uh, my thought was that if if Sorensen's coming back, mm-hmm. and we don't know this for sure, right? We if don't know. If coming back, 
if Shillington's coming back, right, and we just uh, let's just make the assumption that we're trading uh, Hamilton, what, what is there value in just re-signing Tanner? Now I realize he's an aspiring UFA. I realize he's old. I get all these things, but there is value in having much the same way as Markstrom to uh, to Dustin Wolf, uh, Tanner to uh, to a Shillington. Yeah, I I I think there is. Um, and again, I'll give you the same answer. What's the what's the the value offset? What's more valuable? Uh, first of all, I think you gotta you know have the conversation about what a Tanev deal would look like. You know, for two yeah. years, I'm doing that all day. I, I'm I'm not yeah. trading. I I honestly would would think about re-signing him and probably lean towards that if you could get him on a two year deal. On the other hand, if, yeah. if it's a four year deal, uh, then yeah. then I'm not as interested, right? Because I, I I I to be honest with you, I suck it up because with like myself. No, not you. No, no, I know, I know I, what you're saying. You're I, saying like you bite the bullet and you you make the. I bite you, the bullet yeah, because yeah. because not just because even if it's not Shillington, it's going to be Poirier. It's going to be Solovyov. It's going to be somebody. And, now, and who's the best, who's the best guy to to deal? What what does Tanev do to everybody? He makes him better, dude. You're, you're, you you don't you don't have to sell me on the player Tanev uh, is. I'm I'm a massive fan. Um and and he's been a great flame. Um, the only thing is, if you can get if you can get a huge haul from a team because they think he's the missing piece, which I think you could, you have got to weigh that. What is your huge haul though? A second round, the first round pick, or some, something like this, right? Like if he gave you a first and a second, let's just say, right? That's a huge haul, right? I would that 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 would be hard to pass up if I were the Flames. Well, right, but but the difference is that he can take your your second round picks and your uh, you know well seventh in the case of Slovenia. but anyways, and then turn them into first round picks. Like it, it, it's almost like a dude. I I get, I get what you're saying. You don't have to sell yeah. me on the value. It's just what's the I, – I think there's a value, like there's a there's a cost-benefit analysis or a value offset. What's going to be more valuable to your team? And if if they That's, decide that yeah. signing Tanev is more valuable, I'll understand why they decide that. How's that? Um, so we'll yeah, see. We'll see how it goes. Got one more thing. Sure. Well, Parsons and the Shillington thing, right? And And you're right. Uh, we don't do. We have no right uh, to know people's personal lives, right? Uh, and I don't disagree with that 100. percent But it, it, it's an entertainment business, so I, I don't want to know what the heck he's going through or anything like that. But uh, like last year, would have been nice to have a timeline. And it's not. I realize. But they didn't have a timeline, dude. Easy. Like, how can you have know, a timeline when you don't know? I know. I, I recognize that. But but, but you, you have to understand, like as a fan, right? It's but, like, why is it so hard to just be like, man, he is going through something horrible? And believe me, I, I, I've got a – A, I, I've, I, I, I have got a decent idea of at least one of the horrible things that, that he was going through. And I can tell you from experience, it is not a cool thing, okay? And I sure as hell wouldn't want that plastered all over the place when I was going through it. And I, 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 I and so I did, I, and once again, and I, so I don't just, just let me finish. I, I, just I let me finish. I just go ahead. How the hell when you're going through something in your own brain that is 
it's like a high ankle sprain. One day it's better, and you uh, think you're great, and the next day it's not. They don't uh, give timelines on a lot of high ankle sprains because you have no effing clue. And sometimes they're two weeks, and sometimes they're 16 weeks. So that's why they give you week to week when they don't friggin' know. So when Oliver's situation is some days he's okay, and some days it's it's like a living hell, like yeah, why, yeah. why would they put a timeline on something when yeah, you don't know yeah. the timeline? Yes, I understand. I, and I'm not, I and I'm not yelling at you, Randy. It's just something I'm really no. passionate about. Yeah, and yeah. and well, I, you're not, you're not the only one. My my sister suffers from schizophrenia since she was 21. So you're not, you're not fighting on a weird spot. But, no, I, and I, I'm not, I'm not but, suggesting, but, 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 Randy. But, but, I'm not but, suggesting but, but, that you're being insensitive. I'm just saying that no. it is something that I, it's, it's. I, yeah, I think it's really yeah. important, and I think any any talk of being entitled to more information, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not. You're not. You're right. You're not entitled to more information, but as a fan, because he's an entertainer, right? That's what he does. He's also still a person, dude. No, also still a person. Same thing. I'm not 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 taking those two things apart, right? But uh, you know, for for the you, you got to understand Parsons' point of view, it, it, and I get it. I, I I know what you're saying, and I think you're right about it. But you have to understand his point of view that it's not. <sighs> I I don't. I don't understand you know, his point of view that we're entitled to every nitty-gritty not, he, detail of his personal know, life. I don't. He didn't, ask, he didn't ask for that, right? He didn't ask for any nitty-gritty detail. I just want to know when the hell he's going to be back. Okay, but okay. Well, he, if I don't know when – what, what, right? am I supposed to you're lie? You're a ridiculous fan, right? What? I don't know. You, you're a ridiculous Flames fan. You just want to know what the hell your players are doing. Yeah, but I, if you I, don't I, know, I, what are you supposed yeah. to say? You're lost. You can't say a damn thing. You can't. Okay, so then what the hell are we talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is, look at his position, right? His his position was that I just want to know what they have. You know, I just... I just, I don't, I, I, I don't get it, man. Like, it's, I don't, it's, I, it's, not, it's not a complaint against you. It's not a complaint against him. It's just like a wish, it's like a, like a curse of the gods. Why don't we know? Right? You understand? Uh, no, my head hurts. I pre- Randy, we got to move on. I appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I was saying. Okay. Right, have a good night. I, I I don't that that actually made my head hurt more. Uh a few more calls tonight. Bryce is up next. What's up, Bryce? Bryce you there? Going once. Yes. There you, you are. Can hear it now? There you oh, are. Sorry. Had it on mute. All good. All good. <laughs> so, so, so how are you? I'm okay, man. Um, uh, I have a headache after some of these calls, but uh, I know, I'm I know. I know. I, I wouldn't go there. Um, yeah, with Sherlington, I'm glad he's he's recovering slowly, and he's a good player. He's then for what you for what he does, it's, it's he's good, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to play for them at by the end of the season, and then. Well, yeah, and and and. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping big time that 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 does happen, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and then the other question uh, that that Gilbert hit is that was that like you said was that like a borderline kind of it was like dangerous like. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a reckless play. I mean, I don't know what the NHL Department of Player Safety is going to do because I never do, but I thought it was a mm-hmm. reckless play. Yeah, I do. I saw the same when they. I saw it like three times, and yeah, his head hit the ground when that, that one angle, and then then the board. He got crushed with an elbow. That's what I, I kind of saw, and I was like, oh. 
Well, so a he, bit, he, but, he got yeah. it. Like the, the hit itself was shoulder to shoulder, but like yeah. it, when that head hit the ice, he was out cold. Yeah. When it bounced like that. Ugh. Yeah. But, yeah. And then um, maybe one last question. Did, um, with all these, for what they're doing, like if they get to playoffs, do you still think they're going to trade the Lindholm and Hannafin? Are they, are they going to get, is it, they're going to try to get something decent, or are they going to um, like? I know they got to hold it so they can get value, but it, but before the trade deadline, are they going to? I don't. I don't know. I'm... Well, like I, I think especially with Hannafin and Lindholm, mm. I, I don't think it matters where they are in the standings. They will move them if they're not if they're not signed. No, oh, that's good. <laughs> then maybe um, you know the Olympic thing. <laughs> Did you hear any more news? What's <laughs> that? That national oh, thing I'm going. Yes, yeah. well, we're working on it. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, just, um, did you know, actually, there was one more. You know that when uh, the, the Golden Knights picked up that, was it the, off the waivers, that he was a young, what was it, defenseman? Uh, Tobias Bjornfot. Yeah, do you think Flames were interested? Well, yeah. They they obviously didn't put a claim in because uh, he the the Golden Knights would have lower waiver priority than the Flames, uh, so they they I don't know if they took a, like if they talked about it they probably discussed it. In fact, I would guarantee they discussed it, but they they did not put a claim in because Vegas's waiver priority is is lower than the Flames. So had the Flames put a claim in, they would have got it uh, as opposed to Vegas. Oh okay. Um... Yeah, I guess uh, I'll let your other callers go, and you have a good night, and I guess hopefully see you soon, but it's getting closer. Well, we'll make it happen. But, Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Boy. Trust you, <laughs> I, you're Like I said, you're one of the best out there that, that I can recall. Hey, look, I am the best post-game host in Calgary <laughs> on January yeah. 4th. Uh, the best radio Flames post-game host <laughs> on January 4th, 2024. That's all. Yeah. That's about as far yeah. as I'm willing to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe just one more the call out to uh, Nagelson's birthday. Happy birthday to her. Absolutely. One more time. Uh, yeah. would you, do you want to sing her happy birthday? Yeah. Why not? Can I do it? Sure. Absolutely you can. I'll start. I'll say, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Megan. Happy birthday to you. And many more on Channel 4. (laughs) Boom. Bryce nailed it. That was the highlight of the night. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Uh, We'll be in touch. Okay. See you, buddy. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, what else we got here? Trevor is up next following a 6-3 win over Vegas. What's up, Trevor? Oh, how do I follow a call like that? I don't, I don't, you know what? You should probably hang up and leave to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I picked up some Indian food and went up to my mom's place and watched the uh, game with her. Uh, my single parent mom took me to the very first Flames game ever. In 1980, 5-5 tie with Quebec Nordiques in the Stampede Corral. Yeah. And uh, if you, I, I encourage everybody to go check out uh, some Corral highlights of the Flames on YouTube just to see how high those old boys oh, yeah. were. It's, it, it's unbelievable how high they were. I can't imagine. Like, I don't yeah. know how people weren't, like, 
getting like their their top ribs broken on a regular basis. It's crazy, man. Like, it, 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 it's not quite shoulder level, but they, yeah, anyways, it's, it's nuts. And I mean, they only played in that barn for uh, for a little while before. Uh, yeah. it's hard to believe that now. Now, now they're they're talking about dismantling the the saddle dome once we we we, we get the, the 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 new venue. Which, as uh, much just, as I love the saddle dome, and there are very few people who love that building more than more than I. Um, and there are like, you know, the, the, there's some guys who have been in that building longer than I have and who spend even more time in it than I do. I, I grant you that many of them, in fact, but I, I, I'm, that place, I'm a fan, but you go to, you go to T-Mobile or any of the it's, newer it's arenas. Time. It's the oldest, it's the why, oldest why it's in the league by a large exactly. margin. It's, yeah. uh, c'est le temps. It's time. Yeah, it's time. Well, and, you know, and for the players too, you know, and if you want to keep players here, you know, I mean, Uyghur, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, you know, when, when Uyghur dismissed the, the dome, uh, you know, they go, like, who's this guy? This, this, you know, that's, you're not endearing yourself to Calgary, but he's right. He's no, he, right, he endeared you know? himself to Calgary. I think when he says like, yeah, it's time. We all, we all love the saddle dome, but I think that most are of the opinion it's time. I, and, and, and you know what? That's not fair. I know that it's a political hot button and a hot potato and all that right. type of stuff. Yeah, no, but you, I think you, we can, can find, uh, whether, whether we agree on the detractors. funding or not, I think we can at the very least agree that it's time to replace the saddle dome. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Okay, on to the game tonight. Um, Dylan Dubé, uh, man, he is really fighting it. Uh, he's getting shots on net, but uh, pretty hard to get uh, to get shots on net on net when you have the least amount of playing time. He he played just over seven minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look, I don't the, know the what, way what, you what phrased the it. With him. The way you phrased it is is the way that I would um, that I would phrase it as well he's fighting it and he is it's it's it has been a struggle um, I think that he's still working his ass off he's still a great teammate all that type of stuff but he's fighting it there's no doubt about it and when you're fighting well, and, it and only getting so fourth line minutes it's tough the right same thing yeah Obviously, Huska sees the same thing because he hasn't he hasn't removed him from the lineup and, and uh, he's just letting him to try to work it out. Um, any word on on uh, Zichka's, uh, uh knee? Well, he finished the game, so that's that's yeah. a positive sign. Yeah, he was shaking it off. So I and and he did. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, all things uh, end up positive. I I uh, was I, I missed the, uh, the the Gilbert hit. Who who, who got taken out and uh, is he okay? Well, De- Dennis Gilbert was the guy who got hurt. Oh, Gilbert got hit. Yeah. So, so basically, what okay. happened is, um, in the I guess it would be the the right corner uh, in in the flame zone, um, Gilbert was clearing a puck out of his zone. It was six three at the time, um, and he took a hit from Phil Tomasino. Tomasino's the same guy who hit Ruzicka, uh with the knee on knee. Wow, right. Um, yeah. So Tomasino yeah. hit him. The hit itself is fine in that he went shoulder to shoulder with Gilbert, not blindside or anything like that, but the problem was um, he, as he delivered the hit, his leg was behind Gilbert, so hit him and then kind of low-bridged him. So not quite a slew foot, but more of like, okay. it's kind of like, yeah, 
uh, low bridge. They called it five for clipping, which is when you make contact with the guy uh, below a certain point. And so he low bridged him underneath his waist and then sent him up in the air. As he went up in the air, he came down on the ice and smacked his head. Helmets, like he, he hit it so hard that he was out cold, even though the the impact made full contact with the helmet, which is the scary part. If he wasn't wearing that helmet, I don't even want to think about how bad that could have been because he got knocked out yeah. cold with the helmet taking the full brunt of the – it was scary. It was reckless. It was I thought it was reckless. I thought it was dangerous. Do I think he did it on purpose? Probably not. I thought, you know, Megan made a good point. Like, was there intent? No, I don't think there was intent. Right. But the battle. it was still a reckless and dangerous play. And 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 what post game? Uh, what's the word on Gilbert? He's he's doing all right. He's up. He's walking. Basically, Ryan Huska yeah. says I haven't talked to the trainers, but he's up. He's walking around. Uh, he's talking. So like, he's okay based on the hit. And there's no indication of concussion. Uh, Don't know. He's going to have to go for one thousand percent. He's going to have to go through the concussion protocol. Right. Exactly. Um, but in terms of, I, I can't tell you, um, you know how he's how he's doing, or you know they're not going to tell us that. Right. Okay. Um, well, we uh, we hope for the best for him, for sure. For sure. It was I, scary. I, didn't, I didn't ask you to get everything you wanted for Christmas, and oh. your New Year's going all right? It was, it was great. It was awesome. I got a little break, got a little time with the fam, um, got a good dinner on Christmas Eve and Christmas night, um, and uh, got a little turducken on New Year's Day, so it was great. Turducken, nice. Oh, nice. Good stuff. God, you got to do the turducken um, at least once a year. Yeah, yeah. The ship and anchor usually does a pretty good job of the tur- turducken for those who who has. <laughs> who, hey, I was at, I was at the ship and anchor on, it Christmas on a regular Eve. basis. Yeah. The the Christmas Eve uh, the Christmas Eve feast that they do was out of this world on uh, the twenty fourth. To I Christmas Eve uh, ship on Christmas Eve. I get there usually around like ten o'clock. Uh, it's an absolute banger. The best the best party of the year. I have done that on many occasions myself. <laughs> Yeah, Christmas Eve, great. Um, the UFAs, mm-hmm. are we uh, signing any of them? Are they all gone? What's, what's your if, if, if you were a betting man, and I don't uh, say that you are, but if you were, um, what, what are your thoughts? Um, if I were a betting man, I, I would still, as a betting man, I wouldn't put like the most massive odds on this, but as a betting man, I would say that I – Best odds would be that all three do get traded, um, but I don't think it's I don't think doors closed on on um, one of them coming back and re-signing. Right, man. And you, you would you say which one that is? Um, if, if it were me, best odds for me and re-signing would be Tanev. Right. Okay. Well, along with that, uh, I had this discussion earlier tonight. Uh, so. What about Tanev as a rental to, let's say, Toronto being an obvious uh, a landing spot, but I'm sure there are many others. Uh, you know, what about him leaving as a rental and, and assigning him as a UFA uh, over the summer? Potentially, that, that, could be, uh, that could be a possibility too. Yeah, because, uh, well, I mean, everybody, everybody speaks uh, how highly uh, he is as a leader on the squad, and I'm sure he's, he's got some roots here. I mean... Uh, um, I would I, hopefully he would want to be here. It, it certainly seems like he's a great presence in in the in the locker room. But uh, you know, getting a couple uh, picks for him, you, you know, you stock the, the the shelves, and 
you know, are we rebuilding or are we retooling? It certainly seems, you know, given that we're, you know, a game above it, again, in that murky middle, we're a game above 500, where we're, there's a log jam of teams trying to make that final playoff spot. Uh, you know, who knows if Arizona will fall out? Who knows if the Preds will, will fall out? And, and, and the four teams behind them, not including uh, the Wild, uh, who, who might potentially make it. But uh, um, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, on another sports program, uh, the uh, the fellows there seem to think we should be in, in, in full rebuild. And I'm sure a percentage of Flames fans uh, probably feel that way too, given the fact that. I think, you know, and I think it's a fair point. So long. I just, yeah. it's not, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Right. So, a lot of times when I do, I, I kind of mix the reality, realistic part of it with like, I, they're not going to blow it up. This is not what they're going to do. Um, and, and whether you agree with that, whether I agree with that, you just, that, that is kind of the, I just, I don't see them going full scale to the studs rebuild, but do I think they are willing to trade away their, their, their pending UFAs and maybe a couple other guys at this deadline to get younger? Yeah. I, I do think that they are prepared to do that. Right. Well, I personally, I'd, I'd, I'd like them to retain all three. I don't think that's a reality. Um, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a fan of winning. I'm a fan of, you know, call it the murky middle, what, what, whatever you want. It, it, it's way more fun watching a team uh, win and uh, try to make it into the playoffs. And, and, well, and to your point, Trevor, forward. as we wrap up, because we've got to wrap up the call, just go listen yeah. to listen to the to Thursday's Flames talk. We talked about that because there is a faction Excellent. of Flames fans, a segment that that does want that, and so we kind of we discussed uh, we discussed some some ways into the playoffs on Thursday's show. I got a roll. I got to get to Tony, but I appreciate the call tonight. One, one last. No, I got, I got to roll. We're, we're, we're way too okay. long, Trevor. I got to move on. Okay. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And that'll do it on the phone lines tonight. The uh, phone lines, great stuff as always. Some, um, I didn't love a couple of those Oliver Shillington takes, but is what it is. Uh, great stuff on the text line as well at 960-960. As we start to move towards the end of our Flames Talk postgame show, it's time for tonight's final summary. Flames never trailed in this game, and they played a really solid start-to-finish game. Uh, as Connor Zeri opened the scoring in this one tonight, a power play goal made it 1-0 Flames at 4:45. Zeri made it 1-0 with his eighth of the year. Yegor Sharangovich and Rasmus Anderson the assist. Then 27 seconds later, Blake Coleman with his team leading 15th of the year made it 2-0. Michael Backlund the assist at 5-12. 57 seconds after that, Preds on the board on a Philip Forsberg goal is 19th from Ryan O'Reilly and Gustav Nyquist at 6.09 to make it 2-1. But a little less than two minutes after that, Flames go back out in front by two on a Nazem Kadri goal, his 11th unassisted at 7.57 to make it 3-1. Preds get back within one later in the first. Colton Sissons redirects home his 12th of the year at 15.50 from Dante Fabro and Roman Yossi. But then again, Flames go back out in front by two when Rasmus Anderson scores late in the first to make it 4-2. Anderson sixth from Zeri, and it was 4-2 Flames after 20 minutes of play. 4-2 Flames after almost a full 40 minutes of play, but in the final two seconds of the second period, the Flames make it 5-2. They take their biggest lead of the night. No 
Noah Hannafin finishes off a pretty passing play with his sixth of the year. Hannafin from Andrew Manchapani and Coleman at 19.58 to make it 5-2. That was your score after 40. To the third period we go. Early in the third, Pred score a weird one. Michael McCarron kind of just um, floats it in, shoots it in on net, and it's deflected in by... Dan Vladar's blocker uh, and makes it 5-3. Gets the Preds back within two. Uh, for McCarron, his sixth from Phil Tomasino and Tommy Novak at 2:15. That's as close as Nashville would come. And then the Flames seal it with less than six minutes to go. Yegor Sharangovich makes it 6-3 with his 12th of the year. Elias Lindholm, the assist at 14:04. That gets us to our 6-3 final score. Final shots, 40-33 in favor of the Flames. Calgary goes one for four on the power play. Nashville 0 for 1 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight, number three, Connor Zeri, number two, Rasmus Anderson, and the number one star tonight was Blake Coleman with the win. Calgary is back above 500 for the first time since October. Uh, they are now 17, 16, and 5 back in action Saturday on the road in Philadelphia while Nashville falls to 21, 17, and 1. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Dallas. That's our final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. As we start to wrap things up on your Flames, uh, on your Flames Talk post-game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for the Flames, Saturday morning in Philadelphia as they've got the Flyers at 11 a.m. Calgary time, which means we're on the air at 10 a.m. with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week and into the weekend. Your final score from Music City tonight, Flames win 6-3 over the Preds. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.